0: This
1: is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, Alongside Me. We got David. Spoop. 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 Spoopity boop Whoop. I think that's known. the one I'm going to be sticking with now. Spoop. Just spoop. Not Not salutations, not greetings. So I mean, it was spoopy boys week. for like a hot minute.
0: It was, but you know what?
1: I wanted to be inclusive.
0: You there know, you go. Because we, we are spoopy boys, but like, I don't know if people like will think, like, well, am I only shouting out the spoopy boys? I oh, spoopy fair enough. Kids. I did spoopy kids for a bit. You did. I that's, remember like, that. That sounds a good that's time. Ageist, you know? Like, <laughs> so like,
1: spoop. Spoop. (laughs) Neutral. (laughs) Also known as Nightly. Freddie's not here. Freddy is actually currently in South by Southwest covering the whole festival. Well, I guess week one of the festival uh, for Nightlight. Very, very excited for him to go ahead and do all of that and come back with some really cool uh, films that he's seen. Really great stuff. Have fun, Freddy. We're thinking of you, even though you'll hear this episode probably when you're back. But anyway, we're still a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So hit the lights sit back and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's not what they would. Hey. By pledging on Patreon, you facts to this show ad free and as early as Monday with a post show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, Don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, brand new month. Feeling good. I I mean, maybe maybe depressed by me choosing this month. I don't know, (laughs) right? Like, who knows? But anyway, this month is fucking bananas because it's pandemic month because we've been sucking a pandemic for two years. And I'm just going to call it literally this. Stuck in two years in this shit. That is the name of this month. So we've been stuck (laughs) in this pandemic for two whole years, everybody. Hope everybody is staying safe still. Uh, It seems like we're coming out of the cusp of things here, at least in California. We are. We're opening a lot of shit up. People are going back into offices. Uh, We're dropping the mask mandates. uh, Or no, the vaccine uh, requirements for restaurants. We're dropping that. Uh literally tomorrow. So like Wow, well, I'm hearing it here first. Soon there you go. You heard it here first, I folks. I don't uh, leave the but house. yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why why would you, you know? But yeah, so it's been absolutely insane. This whole two years has been wild, but it's it's kind of cool seeing things kind of going back to normalcy. Um, or whatever normalcy was two years ago. I can't even remember anymore. I was a little baby. Um, but <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. I hope but so. I hope we don't it, have to take a step back. Yeah, it'll be nice. It'll be nice. Yeah. But kicking things off in, um, order to kind of go with this whole month, we're going to be starting things off with the fucking ground running pretty much how 2020 sort of started for everybody. It was the highest grossing movie of 2020, which is weird because it's like, how do you have a highest grossing movie that's already been out since 2011? It was the most downloaded movie on iTunes in 2020. And that's bananas. The movie that we were talking about, if you guys don't know by the name of the title of this episode, Contagion. First and foremost, David, thoughts? Was this your first time watching this? This was my first time watching it. Shit. And When you
0: said that movie is bananas, I was like, Oh no, we were supposed to watch bananas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was my first time watching this movie. And I remember everyone talking about this movie March, two years ago. Yeah. We're recording this in March, you know, so two years. Um, and thinking, hell, nah, I ain't watching none of that. Why would, <laughs> why, why would she want to? And, um, yeah, man, still too soon. I thought I could hang after two years. This is probably one of the scariest movies we've watched
1: for me. You, uh, you know what? I was literally going to say that. Yeah. I was like 100% agree with you. This it, is probably the scariest movie we watched.
0: Differently, man. And even like two years later, like I, I know a lot of people are, are getting used to things being normalized again, but I, I'm still, you know, hyper cautious. Um, well, maybe not hyper cautious. I'm still cautious.
1: Yeah, um, as you should be. But, Everyone should be regardless, even before COVID. Yeah. Um, Wash them hands. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a germaphobe before, man.
0: Post pandemic, David, that's a whole different type of germaphobe. But um, <laughs> this movie's very impressive with how much it gets correct. Yeah. Um, <sighs> even predicting the political climate of it all right dude um it's very very fascinating but it's also kind of odd because it seems like it seems like it was very predictable and you know we could have seen it coming but you know we just weren't prepared but that's a whole different side of the conversation uh, i think this movie does a really good job of uh keeping you at the edge of your sea and seeing the horrors of humanity and what can in turn happen when people are pushed into a corner. Um, this movie does a fantastic job of trying to find patient zero and where it comes from and it gives you a very satisfied ending to figure out the trace um phenomenal yeah but again really insane how spot on it would be for the pandemic story of 2020 9 years later seriously um i don't get I mean, I get that people find catharsis through horror, but like a little fresh, you watching this March 2020 and (laughs) just be able to sit through the whole thing because I wouldn't be able to hang. I barely was able to hang now. so.
1: I mean, people Um, people choose horror in, in, in some ways to match the state. Of, like, yeah. the current status of the world, right? Like, totally. what was happening with that? Like, people really wanted to ju- jump in on those pandemic movies. Like, zombie movies were at all time high around this time. And, uh, obviously, things like this were at all time high as well. Um, and I, I personally, uh, took a step back. I, I didn't want to really, the, I didn't really want to wrap myself in that particular type of horror i was like that that's a little too close to home for me at this point in time i I think i'm okay um like i'm already living in it a little too much i don't think i need to completely consume myself with this i felt the same way so the i did watch one though um which was host um and that that one really just kind of hit home for sure but um, yeah. I, I this was my second time watching this movie. I remember watching this movie, um, back in 2011 in college. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh didn't hit hard in college at all Cause I remember I like think so yeah. Well, it's interesting because like we w- around that time, like a four years prior to that, like it was SARS. Remember that? Yeah. So like, well, so I was four years
0: prior. I was a pretty oblivious kid and. I, I mean, don't remember yeah. stars all that well, but I remember. I mean, unless I just remember H one N one.
1: Yeah, it was around I that time too. H one N one, H one N one was even closer. Yeah, I remember swine West Nile, family. swine flu. I remember Ebola my mom was stuck in Mexico
0: and couldn't come back. She was Shit. visiting my brother and his family, um, and that was tough.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh god, she I couldn't, couldn't get back. Yeah. See, yeah. like, I I feel like it was trying literally I I think like Steven Soderbergh was just like what if we make a pandemic movie but like off the charts like the Spanish flu yeah and then all of a sudden 2020 it was just like hey remember that movie you made (laughs) (laughs) well it's real now thanks a lot for predicting the future you asshole
0: but (laughs) crazy like even down to like you know the in the movie it's um so, like we find out that it's like sourced from bats and Pats, pigs yeah. and that's what the conversation was focused around a lot in 2020 Yeah. Um, so it's it's really insane how on the nose it is for a film that came out nine years prior yeah about to hit its 10 year anniversary you know in, <laughs> for us in a year that's nuts or wow wait no no it's it already, already it's already yeah, past 10 years yeah it's over yeah, 10 years crazy. old yeah, <laughs> dude, uh, I keep forgetting we're in 2022, damn yeah,
1: I know, it's, it's wild, we've been here for about three months though <laughs> 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 it's crazy it's crazy, but anyway, let's go jump into this shit Contagion, directed by Steven Soderbergh released September 9th of 2011 with a runtime of 1 hour and 46 minutes and a budget of 60 million dollars and a box wow. office of 136.5 million dollars with a rating of 85% on Rotten Tomatoes which I personally think is pretty fair
0: yeah, I, think. I would agree with you, a lot of big names in this too. oh my God really and they all die
1: them. like <laughs> 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 like Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Winslet like you you they're on the fucking cover and they're dead. Like they, they die. Like that's crazy. Anyway, (laughs) we open to a woman named Beth Hemoff coughing while eating peanuts inside an airport. And you already know it's just like, uh, the scene Mm -hmm. title, day two pops up. Her phone rings. She answers it with a flirtatious, Hey, a man named John Neal is on the other line, reminding her that she just, that they just had sex and she left without saying goodbye. Right off the bat, I was just like, yo, you're cheating. Like I I know that is not your husband.
0: Like, I know,
1: like. No way. Like, Well, her wedding ring is very prominent in the shot
0: while she's holding the phone.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, she's holding it with her left hand. Mm -hmm. And, like, it it is very much just like, oh, yeah, you're married, but that is not your husband you're talking to. It's no way. What's crazy is, because this is
0: the state that a lot of us are in now, dude, like, the movie opens with her coughing, and I immediately have anxiety.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Like, I mean, it's crazy. that cough, like, it's, it yeah, even now, cough. like, even now, like, that, that specific cough, you hear someone have, like, one of them wet coughs, you're just like, nah, yeah. I'm good. Get away from me. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't even look my vicinity. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you could be across the street. <laughs> don't I, look I, at me.
0: <laughs> I think specifically it's because, like, and at least in, you know, California for us, like, you're not going to see a lot of people that, Cough without covering their mouth, like this movie opens with, and that's true. It's just like that. It's that specifically that kind of cougher just like, uh, uh."
1: (laughs) yeah, like that wheezing, wet sounds like nothing but mucus inside cough. Yeah, gross. She chuckles that her flight is delayed and she was panicking. Her uh, he shares that it was nice to see her again, asking her to use the other email that he gave her since. it is the only one that's us uh, that is secure acknowledging him she co- begins to cough again john asking if she's all right she blames it on being jet lagged he shares that she she should get some rest as soon as she gets home the intercom goes off about her flight she places him on a brief hold coming back to the phone letting him know that her her flight is ready he jokes that he's glad she called uh before they um hang up beth hands the bartender her card the bartender charging her and i love how like everything is prominent right here it's just like we see okay. a close up of that card being handed to her she swipes the card she taps on the machine and she hands the card back like everything and even her hands in the peanuts like everything is so prominently it's, shot
0: yeah it's elegantly done it's not hey look at look at this we're showing you all the traces of contact uh right. it's it's very much there for the observant eye. And I'll be honest, I probably would have thought nothing of these moments pre-pandemic. Of because course. Because we've experienced this pandemic. I'm immediately able to pick up on it. I'm immediately able to see
1: like, oh my gosh, she touched that. And then that's going over there. And yeah, it's going to linger to that. And that's the thing. Like, even though you this is your first time you've seen this movie, I guarantee you probably felt like you've seen this movie before because of the pandemic. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to, uh, I believe you pronounce this, and excuse me for my pronunciation, cut to Kowloon, Hong Kong, um, population of 2.1 million. A sickly looking man is riding on a ferry. He gets up touching things and leaving his filthy germs all over the place until he makes it home, sweating while his girlfriend tries to see what's wrong with him. He gets up, leaving the concerned woman on the couch. Another sickly woman in London, England, population 8.6 million, getting up from a photo shoot, calling someone leaving a portfolio on the um, on the desk inside of a car she's sweating profusely hotel staff finds her dead inside the bathroom Minneapolis uh, Minnesota population 3.3 uh, 3 million but is it really that million that many people in Minnes- in Minneapolis I know it's like a, a a pretty large city but I don't know I just didn't think that many people lived in Minnesota I, I wouldn't know. have thought the I wouldn't have thought that either yeah, I don't know. Uh, shots of Minnesota. Uh, population 3.3 3 million. Beth drives up to her home. Quick cut to her, to her uh signing some papers. She's greeted by her husband Mitch and son Clark hugging her son tightly. Uh, man you know like you just you just know like oh shit they go die like <laughs> you just like <laughs> you're like Fuck.
0: It sucks too. you know it's a little odd because like i kind of brought up earlier that i was like a germaphobe pre-pandemic and post-pandemic but like um you let me ask you this were you were you like cautious when people would be like coughing up a, a storm and stuff and like would you be like oh it's chill it's just a cough or would you actually be like
1: Nah, I, I've always thought that me. shit was gross. Like, I've me always too. thought okay. like people coughing without like covering anything. I've yeah. always, I've always thought that was nasty. I was or like, there's bro, like, that's, how, like, that's how you catch it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like coughing on their mouth and then like going
0: to a doorknob. But like, I always wonder, like, was I just a little too extreme? Like, you know, mm. I'm talking about pre pandemic, but, uh, um, nah,
1: I don't think so. I, I I think it's different if it was just like, like maybe every single thing, like if someone were to, I don't know, rub their eyes and then touch something. And then you're just like, Ooh, like, you know, then I was like, all right, like relax. Like, But yeah. but like someone coughing and someone like rubbing their nose and it's like, I don't know, like that yeah. stuff always has been really gross to me. Yeah. Same here. All right. Another sickly man on a plane dr- uh, drinks a glass of water. The papers that Beth signed right in front of him, he's traveling, uh, Oh, the papers that Beth signed are right in front of him. He's traveling on a train into Tokyo, Japan, population 36.6 million. Sweating profusely, he loosens his tie before uh, falling to the ground, one man recording him. Back to the man in Hong Kong. I love how everything is just pieced together in this movie, though. Um, yeah, that's great. Back to the man in Hong Kong, leaving his apartment, going onto an elevator with an old woman and a few kids, coughing inside the coughing inside as the door closes without covering his fucking mouth. He's uh, (laughs) out on the street, disoriented and walking into the middle of the oncoming traffic. He's struck by a truck that's honking its horn. Day three, Atlanta, Georgia, CDC dr ellis cheever is is walking into his office greeted by the janitor roger after they shoot the ship for a bit roger asks him a a medical question he shares that his son has been having an attention deficit at school ellis confirms adhd wondering if he's been diagnosed roger shares that they want they want him to see that he wants him to see someone um wondering or excuse me Roger shares that they want him to see someone, wondering if he could take a look. Ellis explains that he's not that type of doctor, thinking that he can possibly refer someone. That's, you know, that's good for Roger, thanking him as he walks in, into his office. I actually love that, like, Ellis is pretty much our Dr. Fauci. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Yeah.
0: He's That's our doctor really Fauci.
1: So like he's the he's the one in front of the cameras. He's the one who's doing all this stuff when he has like people behind him who's making the vaccines and shit like that. But oh uh Silent Knight actually dropped some knowledge on this here inside of our chat. Current area population of Minneapolis in 2022 is two point nine million people. Wow. Seventy-one percent increase from twenty twenty one. Damn, that was that great migration. Yeesh. Oh, is it point? Sorry. Thank you. Um, not a seventy-one point seventy-one percent increase. Point seventy-one percent increase. My apologies. Um, by the way, everybody, we're recording this um, online. Uh, we had some things going on. So we're recording this online, just in case if our audio sounds a little different. That's why. San Francisco, California, population 3.5 million. Um, is it that many people in San Francisco? I don't know. <laughs> a journalist named I feel like San Francisco is very crowded except for the area that I live in. A journalist named Alan is watching a video of a sick man dying on um on his acquaintance' computer at the SF Chronicle. The same man who died in front of us on the bus. Um, his colleague Lorraine asked why would why would someone excuse me ask why someone doesn't help him and he's okay and if he's okay because this is the future and we don't do that shit now. Like people just record shit when bad things are happening and move out of the way and try to get the best footage possible. Yeah. It's close. It's gross. He reads the post, claiming that some say it, it was staged, or some say it's some sort of cover up. She doesn't understand what there is a cover up for. He's uh he shares all these possibilities of mercury poisoning from a fish. She doesn't believe believe that since it's just one man. He tells her he he tells her one that was just caught on. Video, the ones that they don't see worries him. Explaining that fish is shipped all over the world from there, wondering from there, wondering how many people eat sushi in her office. She jumps to the chase that they don't that they don't have a freelance budget anymore, and about to explain further, he tells her to wait a few days, and this will be tweeted and put on YouTube. Lorraine agrees to share this with um hope. Herbert, Hobart, I don't know, who works on health. Alan is, in, is defensive, thinking that she is going to give um, Hobart his story. She claims that she isn't and that they just need more information. He pulls out a tape recorder, admitting that he's taping this meeting, threatening if the story runs in the Chronicle, he's going to sue her. Bro. Alan, he made sure to like dot his eyes, cross his T's, he made sure to all that shit. Um and Silent Night dropped another thing in the chat here. Uh 2021, 4.7 million people live in San Francisco metro area. That is stupendous in That's a bad way. That's just the metro area too. That's That's just the metro area. That's, You're right, it's crowded. That is it's very crowded. It's very very crowded. Um, although a lot of people are leaving. It's been nice. Uh, she tells them by 2021.
0: I, I, yeah, it's 2021. It's, so imagine 2019 at peak <sighs> like tech. Yeah. People here pre pandemic. My goodness.
1: I ain't with it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't with it either. <laughs> she, as we both work in tech, um, she tells him <laughs> bye <laughs> and to not call. It, it's one of those situations for us though, where it's just like you can't Maybe. beat him, join him. You know, like
0: <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm talking about like the the influx, the gentrifiers. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You out of towners. Um, she tells him <laughs> bye and to not call call her anymore. He storms out of the office, shouting that print media is dying. Okay. A lot of shit to unpack here. Like, there's a lot going on in this moment where we're kind of jumping back and forth. We had the, we had Dr. Ellis introduction. We had Roger introduction. We had, um, th- that's the thing about this movie that this movie feels like it could have been longer and not saying that I wanted it to be longer. It was just so many people and so many moving parts in this film that it felt like everyone could have had a closing story, even though we left with a plot hole. Like we 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 never got closure on Leonora. Like we 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 don't know what. Ha- like did she go back? I assume she went back to the village, but did what?
0: Like, uh, prior to starting the movie, I was very surprised to see the runtime was as short as it was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I won... This Whenever I thought about this movie, I always expected it to be like two and a half hours.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like this movie easily could have been two and a half hours. But it was also certain times in this movie where I was just like, wow, this movie still feels long. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going <laughs> to say the exact same comment. And I think
0: it's because you're going through such a journey of like right. so many days. And yeah. The days being marked and just so much happening at once and a lot of different yeah. characters.
1: This movie um, should have been a TV show i think it it would have been more palpable
0: 2011 it should have been a tv show i think today now i'm saying now yeah yeah,
1: no now it should have been a tv show because there's so many characters so many moving parts like pretty much this movie is what chernobyl is now um which chernobyl came out in uh either 2019 or 2020 so like this movie is that um cut to mitch going to clark's school to pick him up he's uh, escorted by a school staff coughing as he approaches mitch the staff explains that clark has have a fe- has a fever a bit over 100 degrees and she's all calm she's like yeah it's a bit of a fever over 100 degrees like lady literally a degree or two more like that's hospitalization like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why are you calm well, <laughs> i mean again
0: it's so crazy cuz they think about everything pre-pandemic and it's like we were so nonchalant about people being sick. And I always think about the workplace. And
1: yeah. People would literally go to work
0: sick. Yeah. Because there was this expectation that like, you still got to show up to work. But also like, I think about like, while I was wanting to this use movie, those sick hours, not being sick. <laughs> I just think about like, when I was watching this movie, I think about people that may have like a opportunity that has a rose, right? This could be their big break or a shot at something, a new job or something. Yeah, And imagine like, pre-pandemic like and it could still linger this effect but right? imagine calling the person that you're in you had to interview with and be like oh i'm sick like i can't make it like it's like,
1: in like American you you or
0: it's like all right we're gonna just pick someone else then you know exactly and how how great of that person to being like hopefully courageous enough to like kind of pass down the opportunity for their health and for other people's health Yeah. But in the, in the past, it's like, this kid's sick. Just like, he's coughing in the office and all (laughs) that. And just no one cares. He's not even, he's trying, he's covering his mouth, quote unquote, but he's like,
1: he's not covering his mouth. (laughs) Right. He's just putting his hand up or whatever. Yeah. You know, this kind of reminds me of a story. This is not necessarily of someone who got sick, but I remember when, um, I applied for Apple and I had my interview. And it was, like, in this circle or whatever at a hotel. And there's this guy who came, like, 30, 45 minutes late. And when he came so late, he was like, I'm so sorry, I got into a car crash and blah, blah, blah. He didn't get the job.
0: No, (laughs) I'm not surprised, honestly. Because sadly, Uh, it's the perception is, well... You could you be have been lying, here. and that that could be an excuse, right? Like, like positive and sucks, just thrown out the window. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks because, like you know, typically in society, it's like one bad apple ruins the whole batch of apples. Yeah.
1: So well, say. I got the job, so whatever. But man, hey. Mitch jokes at first, first his mom, and now Clark. He takes Clark You're out of school, encouraging him, him that uh, they will beat they will beat it by Thanksgiving. Um, the and yeah the, i really also love the emphasis of clark pushing the door as well um yeah yeah uh, cuz yeah you think about it like again i'm sorry to keep
0: bringing it up but like now a lot of us are probably like no <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, no seriously no, like i still like
1: if it's a push door i i use my back like all the fucking time like i don't care yeah. anytime yeah. i see a, a, a like a handicap button i'm i'm going to kick it i'm going to i'll never use, use my, my hands I, I very I don't, rarely use my hands.
0: Yeah, I've tried to stop kicking them because, you know, like handicapped people like will have to Well, yeah, them, they have to I'll, use their hands. I'll try to like use my forearm your elbow. or my upper arm, you know, my elbow. Yeah. Um, but if I like I if you know, lately I've been trying to tell myself like use your hands more. <laughs> and um <laughs> but sadly, dude, like it's like I have to wash my hands immediately after and no, I need I, to get better I, at that. I, I, I need to not you. be so
1: anxious. Nah, I feel you. I feel you though. I feel you. It's all right, yeah. man. We we we're triple vaxxed. We're feeling good. I know. <laughs> Day 4. Beth is uh, is becoming incoherent as she stares at her coffee and Mitch tries talking to her about his job interview being pushed back. She tries grabbing the mug, dropping it and shattering the glass. He goes up to her, helping her into a chair, wondering if she took if she took too much flu medicine. She falls to the ground having a seizure. He calls out to her as she continues convulsing and foam froths from her mouth. Clark calls out to her, Mitch Mitch telling him to go back into his room. He continues watching as she is still convulsing on the ground. She's at the, uh, she's at the hospital. Mitch trying to explain uh, what happened to the doctor and nurses. Beth is in, is on the bed, completely unresponsive as the doctor shouts what just happened to her. He uh, a nurse asks. Ask if she has a history of what seizures or any allergies. He answers no to seizures, but she is allergic to penicillin. Um, they continue asking a multitude of questions. All the answers the same. No, the EKG is starting to spike. Beth having another seizure. They push him out of the space so they can continue to work inside the waiting room. The doctor comes to tell Mitch that Beth died. Mitch is in absolute shock, not understanding what they just said. The doctor clarifying that his wife is dead. Still in disbelief, explaining that she just claimed, um, that she was jet lagged and they had dinner together just yesterday. The doctor shares that they can, that they checked the bulletins for Hong Kong, the only thing, um, there being measles and H1N1. But this isn't that. Mitch, um, Mitch asks, what was it that killed Beth? The doctor explains that they don't know. Some people get a disease and live and some die. fuck ain't that the truth he mentions that they have have to notify the medical examiner and the, and they may request an autopsy or he can order one he he can't guarantee that he, that it will it will tell him something different thinking it was meningitis or encephalitis but it is it is um, but if it was the summer, it could have been a bug bite or even herpes. Mitch starts getting more upset, yelling that, yelling as he, um, asks what happened to her. He's like, my wife doesn't fucking have herpes. And he's just like, your wife was cheating on you, my dude. So like, <laughs> are you sure? He claims he, um, calms Mike down or Mitch down, um, sharing, sharing that there are grief counselors who are, helpful with passings he apologizes to him one last time before leaving him and it's crazy how mitch is in disbelief here and this is something we brought up a few episodes ago um but the fact that he was just like okay can i go talk to her like when he says like your wife died it it, it fucking breaks my heart every time
0: yeah it's tough. you know it's uh it's really heartbreaking and i'm sure you can relate to this like being in like a relationship and just like being in the type of relationship where you're like, when you see moments like this, you definitely put yourself in like the character shoes and you're like, Oh my God, I would be heartbroken.
1: Yeah. That's so tough. But it doesn't stop for him here. It gets fucking worse. Mitch is in the backseat of a taxi staring out of the window. His phone rings. He answers it, telling the person on the other line to hang up and call 911 running into his house. The babysitter crying that Clark's, um, Uh, Clark said he only had a headache and he wanted to go to bed. She doesn't think he's breathing. He runs past her into Clark's room, his mouth crusted with dried foam. The babysitter wondering if he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Day five. Graphic. Geneva, Switzerland. Yes, it is graphic. This is fucking intense as hell. And it's, it's, it's wild that like not one, but two. And it was far worse in the sun because she at least lasted four days he lasted two yeah well he's a kid i mean according to what like with uh covid kids were less susceptible right but i think that but was specifically
0: covid versus like what right this movie you know exactly
1: uh, but, who so. knows? but yeah it's uh
0: it's insane
1: <laughs> It really is like it is, yeah. It really is. <laughs>
0: the fact that this movie was willing to just portray that, just oh like, yeah, this
1: kid's dead. His mom hugged him. <laughs> it's just like he's sitting in his bed. He's dead. Like, like yeah. all all aspects, all signs of life. We didn't even see Beth die, but we see this poor kid dead. <laughs> yeah, his eyes
0: are wide open. Like I'm
1: dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Dead. <laughs> Dr. Leonora Orantes, um, and sorry about Bush for that, goes inside the world, the World Health Organization or the WHO. Her colleague Damien Leopold shares that they are hearing, uh, that they're hearing from Beijing, um, that there's an outbreak that, that is contained at a complex in Hong Kong. Two deaths and 10 suspected cases. The man who was hit by a bus, his partner is crying over, his partner is crying over him as they tie up his ashes. She hopes or She hops on a bus with his remains to Guang, Guangdong province, China, population 96.1 million. A worker cleaning up the bus notices the woman didn't get off. She tries waking her, but she's dead, her mouth sealed with crusted dried foam. A, a man asks how, how they are defining... Defining contained, they explain that Hong Kong is using the same protocol as SARS. They're quarantining the complex and screening for symptoms. Leonora uh, comments that Kowloon is the most densely populated area in the world and Hong Kong is a harbor, knowing that it will spread. (sighs) While they're discussing, medical officials are placing a sickly man into the bed of a van. Damien mentions that Hong Kong is sending them blood samples she shares that they are also looking at blood samples from London two clusters one in a hotel and the other in a health club five dead due to encephalitis then there's the man on the bus in Tokyo three dead in the cluster they wonder if any of them have traveled to China she comments that they are checking cut to a man being wheeled out of a stretcher in Chicago Illinois population 9.2 million a paramedic trying to speak with him as the as they pump oxygen into his lungs the man is unresponsive the medic still trying his best to speak with him his wife crying that she couldn't wake wake him up and they both woke up sick this morning <sighs> meanwhile beth is getting a fucking autopsy her skull is getting all ripped open and shit this is crazy Dude, that was gnarly to watch and this is pg-13
0: yeah I was like, "Ooh, y'all flapping the skin back like that, just nonchalantly, and it just then the like a like the little slap squirts. just <laughs> yeah, the blood just squirts on that one surgeon's like mask. He's like, like, come on, like he, you're, you flinches in this job.' Yeah, and you're just like, hmm, this crazy disease took this woman out in four days. All the blood from her brain just went on my mouth in front of my,
1: my mask.' You know, like, no biggie. And he was t- he was totally doing the fucking like. Over the, the gate type of situation. His nose was like exposed and shit. Yeah. I was like, come on, dude. Come on. And you call yourself a fucking doctor. Blood splattering <laughs> on one of the medical examiner's mask. They look into her skull, noticing that her, um, soci, um, are completely obliterated taking a look at at her base the blood splattered examiner is in shock while the others while the other ask if it would have been hilarious if you were like thrown up right there like oh shit I'm gonna die (laughs) 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 because you're just like fuck it like it's a disease honestly (laughs) that would be me (laughs) (laughs) oh man I wish you would have went to my high school Uh, (laughs) taking what why? I don't understand what you mean by that. <laughs> I went to Did a medical high say... school.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I thought I, I, mean? thought I've, I thought I'd explain this. Uh, but oh no, yeah, 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 I went, yeah, I yeah, went to yeah. a medical high school. McClay Medical yeah, Academy. Right Shouts out. Um, while the others, while the other ask if he would like for that, for him to take a sample, he instructs him to move away from the table, uh, wanting him to call everyone. He's like, even my mom. Even your mom. <laughs> Day six, Doctor Aaron Mears enters the CDC. Ellis acknowledges that d- that diseases like this happen up from from time to time, listing off a couple of examples. She agrees, remembering an outbreak case of ence- encephalitis, one hundred and three cr- cases, mainly in children. He thinks it is too cold up there for that. Sharing that it, uh, um, as of last night, there are five deaths and thirty two cases um, tallied. She mentions a cluster inside of an elementary school. He tells her. That that she's going to have to be, be prepared for that since it'll be shared all over the news. Wondering what the single overriding communication objective is, she answers that they are isolating the sick and quarant- quarantining those who um, who we believe were exposed. He's pleased with that, letting her know that they are attached by the, by the cell phone and to call him if she needs resources, get into a political dogfight, or if she finds herself awake at night wondering why she took this job. Call him yeah i mean she definitely is not the type to call this dude and she didn't call him aaron is waiting for her bags at the airport her escort dave is all up in her business about her not having a warmer jacket i was just irritated by him by looking at him man okay i'm glad you said it because i was thinking <laughs> that the whole movie i was like dave bro And like you you over here complain about her not having a jacket, you touching your face and shit, and she's the one who fucking dies.
0: (laughs) You know, I have to say I'm a little disappointed in all these um professionals that are just not masking and just nonchalant, like
1: doing their job no gloves.
0: yeah, Yeah, they're not like taking the correct precautions
1: and it's like you should you should know better. Yeah, like even before like a pandemic like i feel like like, your career like this is this is just standard you know like that's just it's like even when i in high school like everything we did we had we had to wear gloves we had to wear like special suits and things like that when we were working on on um bodies pretty much um we had to wear masks like goggles the whole nine like we had to do all that stuff but like
0: yeah yeah the lack of uh eye protection in this movie was very surprising yeah, because yeah. yeah. you'd have people that are working in hospitals that are like taping their gloves to their suit and then it's like my eyes are exposed <laughs> right
1: yeah seriously they're walking they're walking out of the airport he asks if she would like to go into the hotel first but she prefers to get started asking for how far the office is it is a half hour away cut to a young girl jury in the backseat of a gov- government official car pulling up to the hospital the doctor sharing that uh, her dad Mitch excuse me, is in isolation, but she can pick up the phone and talk to him. He gets, he, um, he's getting his blood drawn inside of a hospital room. She taps on the window. He's happy to see her picking up the phone. Her first question with shuddering breaths, asking if he's sick. He assures her that he isn't letting her know that this is all pre uh, precaution she feeds him reality that he could still get sick since he was with them he claims that he won't because the um this this sickness travels really fast but he's fine reassuring her um that there isn't anything wrong with him she uh holds back her tears asking about clark he tells her that he wasn't that he wasn't there Because he was in the ambulance with Beth, leaving Clark with their babysitter. Jory uh, wishes that she was there, thinking that she could have helped, but he's happy that she wasn't. He switches to the fact that she's, she's there now, and he's happy about that. She asks him uh, when he's coming. Um, he claims that he'll be home soon, wanting to go stay with her mother and wanting her to go stay with her mother in Wisconsin. She exclaims that her mother doesn't need her because she has Dan. Yeah, Dan. Um, and that she li- she lives there shaking her head that he doesn't have anyone and she's not leaving him and it's like damn you couldn't even call your mama like tell her <laughs> like, like like hey like we're we're all right you know <laughs> like something yeah <laughs> like what the fuck at the Minnesota Department of Health a man shares that the latest numbers of the cases 47 infections and 8 deaths thinking that these num- these numbers may be low because it's the weekend and it's crazy that like that was 100% a factor for our pandemic that like the weekends mattered like we knew like when the weekends hit like there'd be higher spikes spikes during the week um we knew when it was like uh the holidays they were going to be most likely higher spikes based off of that as well like all of that stuff we we knew to take into consideration and it's crazy and it, to see that here
0: yeah and it's so predictable on and- it's funny in a sad way that people were warned and told like, you know, we understand you want to see your family for holidays but try not to right at a minimum and people are like not going to tell me not to see my family and then yeah. people would go see their family and everyone would get sick and then it would spread like crazy.
1: Yeah, and some and a lot of people died. Like it, it's yeah. it's fucking crazy. Like it, it, and it genuinely sucks. It
0: sucks for those people that actually you know didn't see their families right but every all the bad apples in the batch
1: were in the whole batch
0: of apples you know
1: yep, yeah and i was one of those few who who didn't see my family either like i like in the beginning like we were kind of like going around and seeing our families and stuff and then once things like once we had ellie that's when we were just like okay we we should slow down. Like none of us are vaccinated. Like the vaccines weren't even out at this time. Kathleen yeah. luckily was the first one to be vaccinated because she was considered an essential worker because she was a teacher. So yeah, yeah, it's bananas. But like, and that was another thing. Like some people like legit would skip lines and shit. Like I waited like three extra months until my turn was ready, and I was just like, because I was home, I was working from home, so I just felt like I should wait. That was the responsible thing for me to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it sucks because like these systems can work when everyone is willing to be fair about it. But there's just so many people that are greedy or selfish or they think that a lot of of parts of the system won't work. And don't get me wrong. It's not like perfect or anything, but like people thinking they're going to get the one up just fucks everything up because someone's like that person's getting the one up that means i need to get the one up and then it's a domino effect you know seriously
1: assuming people are staying home for a couple of days seeing if they're if they get better Aaron believing that this is a respite this is respiratory and possibly possibly fomites someone asked what that is it would have been hilarious if she would been like why are you here if you don't know what fomites <laughs> are fuck <laughs> out of here man uh, uh sh- she educates him that it's a transmission from surfaces, explaining that the average person touches their face two to 3,000 times a day. A woman in their in their meeting not believing that statistic, Aaron explains in more detail, three to five times every waking minute. <laughs> in, between, in between, they are touching all types of things, including each other, um, that becoming f- uh, fomites. One of the uh, bureaucrats... Wondering if they should submit this in as a press release. The woman, the, the woman bureaucrat irritatedly asks how the public is going to react. Aaron thinks it's hard to say using, using an example of Jaws keeping people from getting into the ocean. She is about to continue, but the woman interrupts her that they need to run this by the government before they freak everyone out. Not being able to tell people that they uh, should be, be afraid of excuse me not being able able to tell people what they should be afraid of reminding her that about swine flu and how they just got healthy people scared i i do remember that i remember swine flu like people were like kind of up in arms about swine flu and they made it seem like it was a big deal when there were just like a few cases or or things like that but you know um,
0: i thought about that too but then also with the next scene that comes after this moment i really appreciate because 100 it literally said what i was thinking it's better to be over cautious and careful than rest something terrible happening
1: definitely right? absolutely arguing that it is the biggest shopping time of the year aaron gets up and walks over to the to the whiteboard as as another man thinks they uh, should at least consider shutting down schools. The woman continues firing arguments about who stays home with the kids. Aaron starts uh, writing diseases on the board, interrupting the woman that they need to determine that for every person that gets sick, how many other people are likely to be infected. Explaining that the seasonal flu is approximately one. Smallpox smallpox is over three. And before a vaccine, polio spread at a rate between four to five. 4 to 6 calling the number the R naught R standing for the reproductive rate of the virus one one of them asks if she has any idea about this particular uh this particular disease she educates that the multiplication depends on a ver- variety of factors the incubation period and how long a person is contagious and the fact that people can be asymptomatic yet still contagious also and I felt like I was so smart because I was like, yeah, I fucking know all this stuff because of 2020. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> because I watched the news. Um, <laughs> also needing to know how big the population of people are sus- are susceptible to the virus might be. The woman being an absolute smart ass, claiming that everyone with hands, mouth and nose. Um, all right, then let's get on it. Aaron continues that one one. Excuse me. Aaron continues that once they have the R naught, they will have a scale of epidemic. The woman irritatedly repeats it being an epidemic, asking of what. Dave shares that they spent, they sent samples to the CDC. Eric shares that um, they'll, or Aaron shares that they'll know what it is in 72 hours. Cut to two scientists, Dr. Ali Hextel and Dr. David um, Eisenberg, uh, filling hazmat suits with compressed air, CDC, biosafety level four. Um, they're handling the samples David asking what they have Ali shares that they have a Minnesota woman that recently traveled to China her son also dying <clears throat> excuse me and as as of this morning 80, 87 cases 15 deaths he changes the topic asking if she had a good Thanksgiving she comments that she worked because she was in Texas with uh, salmonella and was pretty limited damn <laughs> That sucks. Uh, he shares or he answers that that his was great, sarcastically thanking her for asking. They place the samples into into the machine inside their office. Ali explains that the virus is pel- pelomorphic, but tends to tends toward or but excuse me, I don't know what the fuck I was saying here. Is pel- pelomorphic, but tends t- to lean toward ovoid in shape. Yeah able to uh, science able to see some structures science. that t- that look like um, glioport proteins but nothing uh, molecular. I don't know why I fuck. I was writing all this shit. Morph- morphologically, why were you writing down the
0: science,
1: <laughs> the fucking science, science shit, more science shit, science shit is science shit. Uh, David explains that they tested all the antibodies, not seeing much cross re- uh, reactivity. Later down in this, I started just saying science shit because <laughs> I was like, "Why am I writing this? I don't know how to fucking say these words." <laughs> Um, the woman's body not knowing what to do with it, just amplifying. She instructs him to send their sample findings to Sussman in San Francisco. Cut to Dr. Ian Sussman, also known as Ross and Monica's dad and friends, just want to throw that yeah. out there. Explains that it is it shows novel characteristics and looks um uh chimeric in origin. This is my only complaint about this movie is the introduction of these kind of very p- pivotal characters and then it's just nothing after that.
0: Like yeah, I had a similar reaction and then after I finished the film I thought about it and I wonder Well, not all of them die, but I was saying I was thinking I wonder if they got like really prestigious like actors to kind of die from this virus to have an impact on the audience
1: i i for sure think that i for sure think that it, it was to very much classify the fact that like no one is safe
0: yeah exactly. doesn't
1: matter how rich you are who you are the prestige you have no one is safe and i think that that is what makes it really just like a stab in the gut the virus being 15 to 19 kilobases in length and it contains 6 to 10 genes. Alan walks up behind him, recording saying that um, it is Godzilla, King Kong, and Frankenstein all in one. Ian tells and it's Frankenstein's monster, get it right. Ian tells whoever um, is on the phone that they will call them back. He shouts for Alan to get get away from there, commenting that he's not a doctor or writer. Alan continues trying to ask questions, offended, saying that, he, um I am in fact, Raya. <laughs> he was so <laughs> upset about that. Yeah. <laughs> They're walking down the stairs, Ian um, continuing his insults about his work, and he like legit called his blog like, Graffiti on the internet. I was like, damn. (laughs) Dude, that was slick though. The way he said it, I appreciated it. What a clap back, bro. I was like, (laughs) shit. Like, I, I wouldn't even want to, like, I wouldn't even want to talk to him anymore. (laughs) Like, after that, I'm like, all right, now you got me, bro. Fuck you. I'm going home. (laughs) I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Alan is convinced that he's a journalist and, um, and, folks in the biosphere are, or in the blogosphere, are convinced that it is a biological weapon. Ian tells him to call his office and make an appointment um, if he would like to talk to him. This is great because you have this conspirator who is very much unhinged, right? Like, he's just really, really just like, this is my big break. I'm going to exploit the shit out of this. And... That is fucking wild because, like, this happened, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it even happened on uh, fucking Spotify with Joe Rogan, right? Like, it like it, this shit where like these people who have these platforms use them in a very dangerous way.
0: Percent agree, and it's it's just so insane to me how this movie predicts human behavior. And it's like so spot on, but is it like, yeah. are we that easy to, are we that predictable? Right.
1: You know, and, and I feel like we are right. Like, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I feel like everything that, that happened in this movie, even, even though we're living in it, I like, I was, just, I was thinking about, it, I was like, you know, even if we weren't living in this, like this doesn't seem far fetched. Like I do genuinely feel like people will act like this.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. I think it just has more of an impact because we've experienced a pandemic, but I think you're so right that like people would watch this and they would think like, yeah, this could happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Day seven. Ellis is approached by a Homeland security officer named Dennis French. He um, doesn't understand uh, what this is all about. I'm not gonna lie to you y'all. It was so fucking hard trying to get these people's names like these characters' names. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, There's so... Adult. They come in late. They come in like... Yeah. You, you meet them super early and you don't see them again until like maybe an hour later. Like, it, it, it was wild. Um, he doesn't understand that... And a lot of people look alike in this movie. He doesn't understand what do. this is all about. Dennis mentions the, um, that Rear Admiral Haggerty is I, expecting them in the emergency operations center. They... And they can discuss it there. They show Ellis and Lyle Haggerty images of what's going on in, in Kowloon. And today they, they got works at a casino in Macau striking of, over conditions. Three dying in one bunkhouse. Haggerty claiming that the casinos are of concern for homeland security. Ellis asks, uh, what the three dead or ask what the three um, died of. They share seizures and comas, but the reports are vague. Haggerty commenting that they've been, that they've reached out to WHO to see what they know. Um, ooh, that rhyme. Dennis thinking if this was a plan, continuing, conti- or excuse me, Dennis thinking that if this was a plan, cannot um, cannot think of a better time than Thanksgiving. Crazy as fuck to even think about like if this was all planned right ellis doesn't understand dennis bluntly comments quote-unquote an attack wondering if there is anyone or any way that someone um can weaponize the bird flu ellis explains that uh someone doesn't have to because the birds are already doing that i mean hey you ain't lying a newscaster shares the news about the, the closing of mondale elementary school in response to a recent outbreak from an unknown virus talking of taking the life of three students and a school nurse it's wow like that one kid killed four people unintentionally
0: yeah i would like to think his mother did i mean yes <laughs>
1: definitely yes
0: <laughs> no you're right you're right it's really crazy to think and it's like uh a- Man, it happened so
1: fast. It did. Yeah. It really did. And it's uh, it's crazy to think that like that's how quick it happened, right? It's sad. It's sad when you see it like at a like a, a elementary school or something like that, man. Cause it's yeah. like these poor kids, man. It's just by
0: yeah, like, humidity.
1: That definitely hits. Other schools in the, in that district will remain open, but the parents have been notified to keep home any children with symptoms. Continuing, and they never explain what the symptoms are. Like, if my kid's having a seizure, like no, I shouldn't send them to school. Of course, I'm not going to send them to fucking school if they're having a seizure. I mean, so
0: like, because in reality, you know, before it gets to the scale that you shouldn't be sending your your kid to school in the first if place they're sick. if they're sick. Yeah, yeah. but um.
1: I mean, it's kind it, of wild because like parents work, right? Like yeah. you, if your child's sick and you know, like I remember situations where our silent night had to leave work early because his kid would get sick. I remember shit yeah. like that. And same thing even goes for me. Like when Ellie got a cold, like I, I, I luckily wasn't working at the time, but it, it was, it was still like, it's, it, it's so much like you have to watch them. Like, it's just like, it's crazy. Society just needs a better system
0: in place for like parents that are working. And if their kid gets sick, there needs to be uh, an accessible way for them to be able to leave work, not get reprimanded for it or fall behind. Right. And be able to go take care of their children. But the, the worry there is that like people can take advantage of those resources.
1: Right. It's so of course Difficult. Sucks. Yeah. It, it does, and I I don't know the answer, right? Like I don't I don't yeah. know what is the answer to give as an option, right? Like <clears throat> I I know like some state some countries are trying out like uh four day work weeks in thirty six hours and things like that. So like that, to me that sounds great, mainly because I don't fucking want to work. But like <laughs> um, I mean, but at the same time like I. It also sounds great as a stress relief. Uh, A three day weekend sounds tremendously better than a two day weekend, right? So, you still need to have a
0: a backup plan though for like something like getting sick because it's so unpredictable sometimes.
1: Absolutely. Continuing that, uh, the Minnesota Department of Health is awaiting confirmation, but sources say that uh, say these new cases may be connected to the sudden death of a 34 year old uh, AIMM. Alderson exec and her six-year-old son. Aaron drives up to the a- AIMM offices greeting greeting the group of workers and introducing herself. She is about to ask them some questions about Beth, one of the workers concerned that they have been touched, that they may have touched a package that was uh, shipped there from Hong Kong. She quickly tells him that it, that Uh, It shouldn't be an issue because the viruses can't live for days on on a box. Another worker shares that they did Pilates together, but she never heard from her. Aaron asks um, if she went to the class, but the woman didn't see her there. Another man mentions that they had coffee a day before she left, thinking that she might have moved his cup because it was on some papers. She asks how many days ago. He tells her maybe about 10. She ins- she assures him that he's fine because the incubation period is less than that. Wondering if there's anyone else who might have had contact with her, a man admits that, um, that this is everyone, but an employee shares that Aaron Barnes did. The man is uh, confused since Aaron uh, works in an on another floor, but there were documents that they needed to sign. And he picked her up from the airport. Aaron is in shock um, that uh, he picked her up from the airport, wondering where he is. Meanwhile, a sickly Aaron is riding on the, on his, on the bus, his cell phone rings and he answers it. Poor, poor Aaron. Cause he's just like the moment he finds out that like, I'm going to die. Like, <laughs> like yeah. this is like, that Did was, I say
0: that I don't remember that.
1: He doesn't say that, but okay. Uh, but, like, it's, like, a realization where he starts panicking and yeah. knowing, like, fuck, this is a lot more serious than I thought because he was going to work. That's true because he, he probably has heard
0: about um, the woman that died. I forgot her name. Beth. Um, but, yeah. And once someone calls you and says, you know, is this so-and-so? Like, um, I'm this person with this organization. I need you to get off the bus. It's Correct. like, uh, like this seems very serious. That is very yeah. traumatizing.
1: Seriously, Aaron walk, um, walking out of the office, quickly introducing herself and believing that uh, he had contact with Beth last week. He agrees that he did. Picking her up from the airport, wondering what this is about. He begins coughing. She asks, "How is, um, how he's feeling today?" And while while getting into his car, he admits that he has a headache and he's not feeling too good, thinking that he must have picked up some sort of bug. She asks where he is right now. He shares that he's heading, um, that. He shares that he's on the bus heading to work. She tells him to get off the bus, asking him uh, where the bus is where the bus is. He gives her a location, not understanding what's going on. She tells him again that he needs to get off the bus. Sharing that it is po- it is possible that he came into contact with an in, with an infectious disease and he's highly contagious. Aaron is moving towards the door, trying to get off the bus, asking um asking her what does he do. Aaron instructs him to not talk to not talk or touch anyone that they'll send and they'll send someone to meet him uh to meet him at the bus stop he acknowledges violently coughing as he exits the bus wondering about his kids since he touched them yeah man i don't blame you on wondering that too cuz goddamn you know uh, i felt bad thinking about this but like
0: homeboy got off the bus on a bus stop in front of two people he's like my kids i touched them and I'm like, it's just out of context, man. That was just, it
1: felt so bad. <laughs> they start beating his ass like. <laughs> yeah. He sits and waits outside at a bus stop. People sta- um, standing around him. Aaron runs over to him quickly, putting a mask over his face. Um, cut to Mitch sharing the last contacts of Beth. And- Beth to Aaron. She asks if Beth's work involved contact with livestock or if they kept any pets at home. He answers. He answers no to both questions. Um, continuing the questions, asking if she mentioned seeing anyone uh, when she was sick. Um, anyone on the plane, but she didn't. Aaron maps Beth's moves, going through customs in Chicago at 11.15 a.m., then a flight to Minneapolis at 6 p.m., wondering what she did during her layover in Chicago, if there's any reason why uh, why she wouldn't, uh, why she wouldn't, would have left the airport. Mitch doesn't understand why, thinking if there's someone sick in Chicago. She doesn't ask for him. He shares that before they were married, she had a relationship with a man in Chicago named John Neil, she's silent mitch loudly questions if john is sick and if they got it from him Aaron is about to ponder him ponder him off um that they're investigating but he's not taking that telling her that he has the right to know but she explains that she can't disclose that apologizing to him bruh this I mean, is how he finds out his wife was cheating on him I wanted him to find out and the scene
0: is heavy and I think it's executed really well. Amazing. But, yeah. It's it's crazy because you start thinking here like, oh man, this man that she was having an affair with is patient zero. He must be, right?
1: I mean that's the thought. Right? That is the thought. Yeah, that is the thought. The so it's 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 very interesting. Like he's not putting any aspect of her trip being an issue um when that would have been my first mindset i've been like i mean well you weren't you were in hong kong you had to do all these meetings and you had to meet a lot of people and yada 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 so it's possible you got sick there like <laughs> <laughs> like I, that doesn't seem far-fetched to me at all but um i just loved how he was just like <laughs> did John get a sick? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I already hated him, but I really yeah. hate him now. <laughs> I mean, Good reason. I mean, good fair, reason, you know, <laughs> definitely fair. We move over to Ali going over to, uh, to going over the data to, El- to Ellis. They are getting the same results as Ian explaining that the, that they sequence the virus and determined the origin modeling the, w- the way, the way it enters cell, the cells and brain, the virus containing both bat and pig sequences in the bottom right, Um and I even put here. It, it's wild how eerily close this is to the COVID. It's wild, uh, man. She continues quickly going over the model and how how. Excuse me. She she continues quickly going over the model and how it attaches to the host Um, she she says a whole bunch of science shit here and she also talks extremely fast so I didn't write it down he asks if she's ever seen anything like this before she hasn't sharing um, that it's still changing figuring them out faster than they can figure it out he goes over the list of them um, having a novel virus with a death rate in the low 20s no treatment and vaccine he sighs while grabbing his things instructing her that uh, instructing her that he doesn't want anyone working on this except bsl4 meanwhile um ian is in is in his office he receives a call from Allie. she tells him that they need to shut him down he believes that this is a mistake she instructs him to cook up cook his samples and destroy everything because they can't risk it he argues that they are making progress and and that it'll take forever if they limit this to bsl4 knowing that he can do this she sincerely apologizes to him before hanging up day eight Ellis is giving a press briefing, sharing the affected cities um, are Minneapolis, Chicago, L.A., Boston, and Salt Lake. Them expecting the list that list to grow as people return from the holidays. Um, Allen is in a laundromat, writing down Ellis's name in his notebook. Reporters continue asking their questions about how many are infected and how and. Um, have died. He admits that these numbers are changing and and any figure that he gives them is likely to be low, adding that they're still calculating the mortality rate at this time. Another reporter asks if he's concerned that the CDC faces a a credibility issue after the overreacting of H1N1. He gathers the study that they are, um, that he gathers, he gathers the story or Excuse me. He rather's the story be that they overreacted than many people lost their lives because they didn't do enough. That being the reason why they're they're there today. I wholeheartedly agree. I would much yes. rather them overreact and possibly save lives versus them not say shit and think everything's all hunky dory and motherfuckers out here dying and shit. Yes, it's good to be alert but not anxious. Exactly. Cut to leonora walking through the airport as ella uh, continues sharing the de- the who's um sending an epidemiologist to hong kong explaining that they always start with ground zero to figure out how how it jumped into the population to begin with knowing that a patient in minnesota travels to hong kong hong kong population 7.1 million leonora meets uh with sun feng at the airport inside the hospital they both strap up to uh to the best of their ability with masks, hair nets, bodysuits, etc. Speaking with sick patients and staff to better understand what's going on. Montage to them traveling all over ground zero. Images of the infected sprawled onto the table. Damien shares that he believes that they are approximately eight 89,000 cases at this point, and they are headed toward 267,000 cases. Based on an R naught of two, she, he shows a map of the spreading expectancy in the next 48 hours. He asked for an update on the research from Ellis. Ellis shares that no one has, has found a good way to go to grow the virus in cells. Leonora asking why that is. Ali moves to the mic, explaining that it kills every cell that they put in it and it, and until they can grow a large amount of it, they can't experiment on it, and until then, they can't vaccinate against it. Another world leader asked if they found a treatment or antivirus at all. She bluntly tells him, "No." You no,
0: know, it's very reminiscent uh, when they talk about the numbers growing so rapidly. Um, it captures that fear back in twenty twenty really when when you you heard the numbers just rising at an insane rates and. It definitely puts you in a panic.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I, I remember when I was actually playing online with some folks back in 2020, um, when we were playing Call of Duty, and they were talking about the pandemic. And it was like right at the start, like maybe June, July, and they were saying shit like, like, I don't know anybody who got it, blah, 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 and all this other shit. And at the time, uh, my biological mom got it, and it was bananas. And I said that to them, I was like, was like, actually, my mom has it, and she's in the hospital right now because of it. And they're like, "Oh yeah. shit!" Like, I thought this stuff was fake and blah blah blah. And I was like, "No, nah, it's very much real."
0: <laughs> it's so interesting that so many people reacted thinking that it's like a hoax or whatever. I don't like,
1: understand I, how. I don't, I like don't the understand whole what fucking world, world closed.
0: <laughs> yeah, like
1: that doesn't like happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, why do you think? That, like, you you live in a fantasy world. <laughs> you're yeah, right. Like, 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 I don't like, understand why
1: you would think. I don't I just don't get it. I I don't see how you can see that this would be yeah.
0: fake. You have a lot of it. uh you have a lot of confidence in the the governments of the world if you think like it's all a
1: hoax. For real, seriously. Leonora Uh, Leonora uh, shares with son that Beth used the ATM at at a casino in Macau. Um, City Bank released her records. Um, Having her use a machine at 1043 just off the casino floor. Wanted to see the casino security footage for two hours on either side of that. Two men are arguing in a a room. She wonders if everything is okay. He tells her that they they are from his village and they found a new cluster there. She asks if his family is still there. He briefly shares that his mother has symptoms. Then excuses himself so he can um get her the footage she requires meanwhile poor ian is sitting inside of a restaurant all sad and shit while a woman is coughing for for, out of her damn lungs out out inside the uh, restaurant he realizes that everyone is touching all the germs and shit like this one mom like a kid drops his food and she picks it up and puts it in his (laughs) mouth and is just like what the fuck dude is this the last time we see him in the movie uh one more time after this but this is when he figures out how to uh build his own virus pretty much so he creates a synthetic virus that matches this virus totally don't remember that but i'm sure we'll get to it yeah we will um Cuts Ian putting on his suit inside of a lab. One of the, uh, co- one of his colleagues rings in from another room asking if they shut down, if the shutdown is true. He confirms, sharing that, um, that he has to deal with this, with the samples. She offers to destroy them, but he, uh, wants to take care of it and, uh, recheck some data. He sends her home, grabbing the samples, placing them inside of a microscope. Uh, Fast talking Allie is speaking with, with Ellis about Ian growing the virus and finding the key to be a bat cell from G. Long, or G-Long, uh, which they didn't have. He's upset that he grew this in a BSL-3, wondering why he was working with, with it in that facility. She answers that he was ignoring her. He sighs frustratedly, knowing that he's going to publish um, asking what, what he wants. She mocks a box of cigars, arguing that uh, he could have gone in business Uh, He could have gone in business for himself, no doubt Uh, he was approached, but he gave it to them. Ellis doesn't uh, know if they can trust him, but she doesn't believe that they even have a choice. Day 12, a BBC reporter reports that information about the CDC and WHO has confirmed this message from our sponsors. And we're back. They actually confirmed that Ian succeeded growing the virus in a lab. And as y'all can see, the message from our sponsors came at an hour and 11 minutes into this episode. This is going to be a long one, y'all. <laughs> if this is our halfway point, what the fuck? <laughs> oh. Oh, my oh, my lanta. Oh, my Lanza!
0: And there's only two of us here.
1: I know. Seriously. I mean, this fucking movie, that's what I'm saying. Like, this movie is extremely dense with content. Like, there's so much going on. Lots of science shit. Lots of science shit. Like, I guess I could have just wrote those off as science shit here, science shit there, (laughs) but... Hey, they ca- they cautioned that the breakthrough is um, only the first step toward developing a vaccine, which is likely still months away from human trial. The WHO estimates the uh, number of the infected is over eight million. Alan is waking. Uh, excuse me. Alan is walking his bike in the rain, speaking with the man walking beside him about e- um, about Ian getting all these praises. This was interesting. Like. I mean I know I know some of y'all like aren't from the Bay Area who, who's listening to this episode, but i'm gonna be honest when it's raining in the Bay Area, we don't really fuck with it like <laughs> 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 like it's not many people riding bikes and sit- especially sitting on benches in the rain I't all like we oh like we usually like, we we're treat for sure like inside day we it's really like, do I like even go to work. Like, yeah, like it it legit as a snow day, like, and we would base our work time. Like we have a specific news channel that rates our, our rain and it's ABC, ABC news, if anyone's curious, but it rate, they rate our rain off of a scale of one through five, one literally just being normal drizzle. And like I'm not even kidding, like like morning drizzle <laughs> is a one. And then two is like heavy rain. Three is rain with wind. Four is rain with lightning and thunder. Five is like ca- like catastrophic rain that's going to actually floods and destroy shit and actually have people generally get hurt. Um, but four or five, those are those ones where you see that four or five, you're like, well guess I'm calling out. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not going into work this time. Fuck that. I'm finding it absurd for, uh, for them to grow the virus, thinking they'll be shooting uh, people up with it. Um they stop they stopped to have a seat, the man sharing this being the reason why they need Alan, reminding him that he saw the bus incident uh, day one and that's why they wanted they wanted this meeting. Alan comments that he had over two million unique visitors this morning, questioning if they would want to see him uh, talking to a hedge fund guy. The hedge fund agent rebuttals that uh, they don't invent need, they just analyze and predict it, asking for his price. Alan asks if he's familiar with uh, forsythia. He isn't. He prefaces that uh, uh, he prefaces what he's about to tell him is, is backed up by testimonials saying that it's the cure. (laughs) What the fuck? And this totally happened. (laughs) Cut to Mitch asking about his immunity um, and using his blood to cure the virus. Aaron explains that blood samples can take a while to create a cure with cure with but the good news is that he's not going to get sick yay um (laughs) i mean you know mitch definitely had it bad in this movie but the what made what made his situation far worse to me is that he never had the opportunity to mourn for months Yeah, that's like true. Like he couldn't mourn his stepson, he couldn't mourn his uh his wife. Like we he
0: gets that moment later on. Right. It's, uh, it's months so later cheating. though. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I totally I thought he was going to stumble on like pictures of her like cheating
0: shit. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was waiting
1: for it. And I was like, "Oh, we're not going for that. We're just going to have him be sad We're just having him mourn. Um,
0: yeah. Um, You know, it's I I found his character very interesting in going through this whole, like, he's immune route. And I thought it was because it was Matt Damon. They're like, we gotta have him without a mask on. (laughs) Matt Damon, completely immune. (laughs) Yeah. um, It
1: felt very odd to me and misplaced. To have him be like this sort of all in all person who doesn't need a vaccine. Yeah, I think it would have been better if it was like, yo, you just didn't catch it.
0: Like, and I think creating this character that's just immune, immune. Yeah. It, it didn't really have any weight to the story for me.
1: No, I agree. And I would have loved him to at least be more asymptomatic or something. Like exactly, maybe he just yeah. didn't have symptoms or something. Um, cause, no, I'm with you. Like, I, I'm definitely with you. And this might be just the fact that the pandemic that we live through is talking, but like
0: yeah, yeah, most likely.
1: I don't know. Anyway. He acknowledges thinking this means that his daughter can can't also get it. She doesn't make any promises. He questions if that is something that uh she can inherit from him. She educates him that half of uh, half of Jury's immune system came from uh came from him and her mother. He he and at this point she's talking to him without a mask on like before when she first was talking to him, it was with a mask and also other stuff and no mask. Now that he's quote unquote immune. Um, He looks out at his daughter, smiling at her moments later, they are leaving out in a crowded and frantic hospital. Dave and Aaron are walking down the stairs to an indoor arena. He tells her, um, he tells her his wife's sanitation ritual before and after he comes home thinking that she's um, overreacting. Um, Aaron comments that she's not instructing him to stop touching his face in the middle of the arena. Aaron plans plans out uh, where they're going to put their testing site, explaining that they need to be operational in, with this in the next 24 to 48 hours. She praises him for his great work, instructing him to find three more just like it. The bureaucrats ask if this is coming out of their budget. and I'm like, man, y'all a buzzkill Shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> I know that was so odd to me that they would react like that like all like y'all don't care like about that. your people? Yeah.
1: It's very odd. You know? Like it was odd. It was definitely odd. And maybe once again, maybe it's odd because uh the Bay Area was the first to shut down during the pandemic. So, maybe that's what made it odd or first to shut down in America, I should say, uh during yeah. the pandemic. Um because man I'm sure, like everyone in Italy, have fucking nightmares for, for their whole situation because their their situation was this movie.
0: Yeah, like, I when when we see the scenes of what I think is San Francisco. Yeah, um, with everything just the riot, the, the looting, the and all this stuff. Well, just like everything stacked in the streets, it's uh yeah.
1: it's jarring. The,
0: yeah, man. But I and, and I thought about Italy and I thought about like man what they went through from yeah. what i've heard man i i don't think i'd ever
1: recover from that no like I, I would have so much ptsd because of that yeah and like and like genuine genuine ptsd like i i legit would like and i'm sure we're gonna have some type of trauma with this as well like like i uh, it, it's it's bound to happen for sure we all have it already yeah that's true Meanwhile, Ellis is driving as he tells Aaron uh, over the phone that the WHO confirms that Hong Kong samples matches London, Tokyo, and Abu Dhabi. Also, they're seeing large clusters in Frankfurt and Cairo. She she asks if they are any closer to an index patient. He thinks it is. It could either be Beth or the guy on the bus in Japan. He asks how she's doing. She is about to explain that she's doing. Uh, what she's doing. He reiterates asking her um, how she's doing again. Standing outside the National Guard armory she dryly claims that she's fine he reminds her that uh he was in the field for 15 years and has seen a lot of shit and if she isn't doing fine she can tell him she's walking away from the armory asking ellis if he's ever had to tell a man that his wife was cheating on him before she died he hasn't thinking that she um did the best that she could she doesn't accept that he shares that she sounds tired and needs to remember to sleep once a while wondering um when was the last time she had a meal she bluntly says, Taco Bell. I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it. <laughs> wrap Supreme sound c- kind of good right now. Um, no. <laughs> bruh. Uh, Mitch is, waiting, is watching the news about the cases spreading and um, that over 3,000 have been confirmed in the western suburbs. Um as well as the first cases reported in different co- different counties. The doorbell sounds off, Jury yelling that she's got it. He springs up from his chair, running to the door, telling her not to open it. She doesn't understand, telling him that it's just Andrew. He apologizes to Andrew, telling him um, that he can't let him inside. Andrew shares that he just came over to share his condolences. <laughs> Mitch is just like, get the fuck out of here, Andrew. <laughs> Mitch understands- the th- scene is so great. This is fantastic.
0: Yeah. I, I it, it- genuinely
1: it- like this scene.
0: I do too. And it's, again, it's crazy how this came out of 2011, right? And uh, this really represents the difficulties that uh, some people have with grasping the situation and not really able to comprehend the severity of it. Um, because I'll, I, from my observations, a lot of people are like, well, I know this person. So they're not right. going to get me sick, Right and it's so fascinating that the human mind works like that because it wasn't just like a rarity to see people think that way, but it was the majority.
1: Yeah. And it's no, like, seriously.
0: I trust this person. I know this person well, so I'm going to, I'm going to interact with them when Definitely. it's on the, on the state where the world is shutting down and people right. are dying
1: by the millions. Um, That's so wild. Have you seen the, um, documentary, um, Fuck, I'm blanking out on the name of it, but it pretty much is a documentary about COVID, and um, the f- it start it honestly it plays like a documentary version of Contagion. Oh and, wow! Yeah, like I'm not even kidding. Like it starts with day one. And where it was extracted, it talks about the uh, whistleblowing. It, it talks about how we got it in America, and how the first case came from a square dancing party, like wow. or a square dancing competition. Like, it, yeah. it's crazy. Like, it's fucking insane. On, I haven't seen it. it. Um, it's on it's on Hulu. I, I want to say it's like second something, but I, I'll find the name for you if you want to if you're interested.
0: I'll be honest, I'm always trying to escape reality. That's fair. I'm into fantasy, so.
1: No, that's completely fair. All right. Fair (laughs) enough. Fair enough. If you ever change your mind, hit me up. I'm your boy. Mitch (laughs) understands, thanking him, reiterating that he cannot come inside the house. Andrew has flowers that he wants to leave, but Mitch um, does not allow him to. He's like, yeah, no, take those with you. (laughs) I felt so bad. I felt horrible. Jory shouts that she'll call him later. He tells her that they uh can't take any chances. Cut to Leonora in her hotel room looking at footage of Beth inside the casino. Beth is watching a card game before sitting down and being uh, and being convinced to play. She's uh next to a man in glasses um uh maybe it's called the First Wave, I'm not sure. Um it I don't know, I can't remember. Um <clears throat> she's Next to the man in glass next to a man in glasses, the one that was infected on the bus, she wins her hand, the man asking her to blow on the chip for him. She blows on it. Leonora stops the video knowing that this is how it, it was transmitted. They just need to know which direction. Um one Direction. One of the men responds <laughs> to her in Chinese. A son interrupting that they don't know where it co- where it comes from. She suggests that the virus started uh, before Macau and possibly Hong Kong. They speak in Chinese among among each other. That she has not confirmed this. While the other suggests that she's guessing and and they can't release this based on what she said. <clears throat> you know, before the kidnapping, like I don't or. In, or after the kidnapping, I should say, I don't know what they what their job was. Like, why, why are they helping her if the their plan was like I'm gonna kidnap this chick? <laughs> like, like, I think it was kind of um, a last resort plan. Uh, yeah, like, because gonna, like their village seemed like it was pretty small, and maybe like yeah. the concept like no one no one cares about us. Well, it was this. This assumption that different countries had
0: vaccines, but they were keeping it hidden, right?
1: And yeah. And
0: it looks like this group very much was trying to figure that out through her. And once they were like, okay, we can't get any information. It's time to resort to our backup plan. We're going to kidnap her. Right. To try to get the vaccine.
1: Yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe you're right. Because it, it was... Very, very interesting. By the way, the uh, documentary for anyone who's interested is called Totally Under Control. That's what it's called. Um, Because it wasn't. Good title. (laughs) Yeah, great title. Uh, They start speaking in English um, that her uh, pronouncements have serious implications. Um, The virus being too small to be seen on a video camera. Day 14, Aaron wakes up with a violent wheezing cough fuck like it, it, this is the moment where we're just like, no one's safe, no one is safe. It's um, been fourteen days, and because she didn't take any precautions whatsoever, this is the outcome and it's it's really impactful because you don't
0: expect it like it seems right. like this person is becoming one of our protagonists, if not the protagonist.
1: yeah, she's like and, our main character, and yeah, and, and she feels
0: immune to it because she it's part of her career to to dive into this right and again to show that vulnerability that even though she was quote unquote being careful even though you she know wasn't. in the future <laughs> we know she could have been better yeah um she got it just like that and now Definitely. she's on the
1: brink of death right she gains her composure, rushing to her hotel bathroom to check her temperature. She prays while opening a bottle of pills, reading the gauge, repeating "no, no, 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 no" as she takes the pills. She comes back, and this broke my fucking heart. She comes back to uh, to her bed, sitting on the edge, sobbing as she writes something down. She calls the front desk, wanting to uh, wanting them to give her the names that uh, serviced her her room in the last twenty four hours, and they need to get in touch with the waiter that brought her room service, needing all of their numbers. She opens the blinds, looking out of the window. She calls Ellis, telling him that she's sick. Concerned, he asks uh, about her symptoms. She shares that she can't swallow, has a severe headache. He asks for her temperature. She has a fever of over 101.8 degrees. She... Uh, he tells her not to panic asking if she's alone she knows for a fact that she's infected other people asking what should she do he tells her to stay in her room and that he'll call the people at the health department trying to assure her that she'll be okay she acknowledges telling him that she needs to that she needs to send someone else he agrees not wanting to not wanting her to worry about that and to take care of herself she apologizes that she couldn't finish he's uh, he's going to try to see what he could do to get her back home healthy. Aaron is, tr- is trying her best to hold back tears shuddering as she bids him a farewell. Ellis is in shock and disbelief as he sits alone inside of a diner. Jesus age Christ. Yeah, it's um, heavy. It's heavy. A mortician is speaking to Mitch, um, or yeah, a mortician is speaking with Mitch, uh, sharing the fact that they can't deliver, um, can't take deliveries of, of the body because of, due to Beth's infection. Yeah, it's just wild that this also happened.
0: (laughs) It is very insane.
1: It's it's fucking crazy.
0: Was nine years prior,
1: dude. They have, um, them having insurance issues with their own, with their own employees, with the union and the health of the mourners. Um, Mitch just wants to bury his wife and stepson and have a service. He tells Mitch that he understands, apologizing for his loss, asking her if, uh, he has other options. (laughs) (laughs) This fucking mortician was a beast. (laughs) (laughs) The way he asked this, he was like, he's like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Do you have any other options? (laughs) Like it's not giving him anything. It's just like get out. Like (laughs) it's
0: sad because like workers become so desensitized to the empathy that surrounds like um, their job if they're working anything related to customer service, right? Like, I mean, it's true about (laughs) our previous jobs. Think about just any anyone you've interacted with. Like a lot of times, like you you have this expectancy that like these people don't truly care it's just their job
1: and they grow this I mean I know I didn't I mean yeah I know I didn't give a shit if someone (laughs) if someone broke their phone I'm like all
0: right dude. like straight up like I knew you didn't give a shit no I'm just kidding yeah yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) my (laughs) guy but like no I mean it's just just, genuinely it's just like what the like what the fuck do you expect out of us you know what I'm saying (laughs) It's yeah, wild. It's, it's tough. Yeah, Mitch is speaking uh, with his mother-in-law Sarah. She's upset, not understanding how they can do this, and they uh, need and that they have a family plot there. He tells her that they that they want them to think about cremation. Meanwhile, Jory is texting Andrew as he asks about her dad. She responds uh, with a sad face and really grim sarah continuing that she wants to be buried with her daughter and grandson them being all together he explains that they aren't going to take beth and clark but he will figure something out she claims that beth made mistakes but she knows that she loved him very much back to
0: the moment i just because again like in retrospect looking at the pandemic that we're experiencing um, there's a lot of like older folk that like uh, had trouble grasping the situation too, and this kind of goes with the, um, with a daughter and her boyfriend earlier, like, right, not understanding, and like this elderly woman just she just says, "No, I want this," but that's not enough. She thinks just saying "I want this" and being adamant about that will be enough, but it's like, right, no, this is for the 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 betterment of the larger. Whole than exactly. the individual, yeah. And
1: it's hard for people to grasp that. I mean, he, you, you don't think that mortician wanted that money? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, like this is his business, and he's just like, fuck, like, nah I can't, I can't, like, for the safety of me and yeah. my my workers, like, nah I can't do that.
0: And it's tough because like <clears throat> his mother in law is, you know, she's grieving. She lost her her daughter and, and grandson. grandson. And, and she's she says it herself i don't
1: understand and it's very clear that she doesn't right absolutely Back to the casino, Beth leaves the table to buy everyone drinks. She calls John, leaving him a voicemail, setting up a time to have a five-hour layover in Chicago, wanting to know if that's something he would like for her to do. She buys two drinks, leaving her phone at the bar. Irina, the model who also died from the virus earlier in the film, picks up her phone, calling Beth back. She chuckles, sitting her her drink down and taking her phone. Leonora pauses the video of their exchange, son commenting that it just shows contact. Maybe it going the other way, asking about uh, Lee Fei since he was on the casino floor. She pops in another DVD with more footage. Beth takes a picture. Uh, Beth takes a picture with someone um and they throw back their drinks. Um uh, Lee Fei comes over to collect the drinks. Leonora pauses the video again, com- confirming that it is in fact Lee Fei. Also having footage of Ir- Ir- um, Irina, um Irina, um Irena. Uh, getting into the elevator to head back into her room but she left before lee Fei starting his shift knowing that it came that came from there and beth is the index patient needing to know needing to know in everywhere she went before the casino wanting to see her itinerary again son is looking at at their info on the whiteboard as he mentions that they say um that They say the French and Americans have a cure, manufacturing it in secret. And the WHO knows, but they're in bed with the Americans. She asks how she how she asks who says that. He blatantly claims the internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she she asks if he believes it, um, but he doesn't know. Um, she asks about his mother. He shares that she um, she tried uh, for Scythia. But she's, she wasn't strong, mentioning that there's a mass grave in, Lant, in Lantau. She apologizes while going straight back to work, sharing that she's taken the evidence to the ministry and they need, and they need to send it to Geneva. <coughs> Excuse me. He puts, his coat, he puts his coat on as they get ready to leave. He calls someone while they are, are walking out speaking in Chinese, saying that um, if they are going to do this, they need to do it now. I was like, yo, what are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> they did it, all right. comes to them in the, uh, riding the passenger in the car, the driver looking back at Sun through the rearview mirror. The driver stops the car, a van falling right behind them. Sun gets out of the car, opening Leonora's door, telling her that he needs her to come with him. She doesn't understand as he, as him and two other men continue kidnapping her, putting her in back of the van. Throwing her in the back of the van, they handcuff her to the gate uh, – to I don't know the gate thing in the back of the van. She asks, "What is he? What is he doing?" He apologizes that he, that they couldn't wait any longer. She is oddly too fucking calm for this moment, though. Yeah, it doesn't seem
0: like she she ain't she scared. Feels at all. threatened. Yeah, right. she's not. She she could be just completely naive um, or in shock. Like, yeah, maybe. I think it's more so like she believed that like this group was not going to hurt her. Right. And that they had no reason to. And she was just more so curious about like, what are they trying to do? Right. Cause uh, it seems like she was, you know, we'll get there, but she was very much willing to help them in their cause.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. They end up in the village. She's blind. She's blindfolded. as son takes her, takes her somewhere commenting that they, um, that, Commenting while they cure each other, they are there at the end, at the end of the line. He takes off her blindfold, her blindfold, um, sh- showing her rows of children, women, and seniors, telling her that this is what's left of his village. She asks if they're sick. They aren't yet. Son wanting to keep it that way, demanding her to stay there with them until they find a cure. She doesn't understand how this is going to help. I didn't either. He's going. um he's going to use her as leverage to get them in the front of the line. Meanwhile, at the testing and holding tent, Aaron is is on one of the cots shivering from her fever. Dave is uh in a protective in, Dave is in a protective suit sharing that Ellis called again and they were having a hard time with logistics to evacuate her. She coughs a wheezing cough. He hands her the he answers um He hands her her phone, um, sharing that Ellis wants her to call if she feels up to it. She coughs as as he continues that they're setting up a special area for medical personnel and first responders at the university, wanting to move her there. But the nurses' union called for a work stoppage until protocols are in place. I don't blame those nurses. He tells her Uh, that it is hard right now and they aren't able to move her just yet. But yeah, like once again, like this also happened during COVID. Like it's fucking it is, crazy yeah. how uncanny this movie is. Like, and I actually like the fact that we watched it two years later versus right at the beginning of the pandemic, because the beginning of the we're pandemic, it, yeah, exactly. We didn't have all the insight. We were just like, like the beginning portion of the pandemic was, oh shit, this reminds me of Contagion, <laughs> you know, but.
0: It, a lot yeah. of us thought, I mean, initially, like, workplaces were like, we're going to,
1: we're not going to work for two weeks. Yeah. And it was. I remember that. Months. Yeah. And it was then It was wild. Two weeks turning yeah. the months into indefinite. Yeah. And that's crazy.
0: And it's it's crazy because a lot of places
1: thought like, two weeks, we all just stay home, it'll blow by. Right. This will all blow over. And then Man. two weeks pass by and it was just like. Wait a second. (laughs) Like, I remember when I was working I'm not going to say the company that that I was working for at this time um, even though most people know already but I'm not going to say the name based off of what we had to do Um, but the VPN stopped because it was just so much traffic because thousands of employees were on it at once and it just stopped working. (laughs) Damn. <laughs> Lyle and Ellis chatting about um, not being able to bring Aaron back home. Ellis co- comments that she's one that she's one of their own, and that he uh, sent her up there and would like to get her back. Clarifying the reasons behind the isolation pod on on the plane, Lyle brings brings him into his office, shutting the door behind him. Alice asks, "What's going on?" Lyle shares that the that there's a sick congressman more important than your girl Erin <laughs> from Illinois in in D.C. Sharing that he he was in Chicago over the holiday and they're using the pod to fly him home. That's fucked. This scene was so fucked up to me because this guy was in Chicago with like he was doing what on holiday when yeah. this woman's over here trying to get fucking data and shit and she got sick from doing her job yeah it's really like, messed up it's fucked um then they're closing down midway in o'hare the governor calling the national guard and setting up roadblocks it continues about all the shit that they have that they are shutting down ellis knowing that people are still going to slip through lyle agreeing but continues that the secret service are moving the, pre- the president up underground and congress is figuring out um how to work online you know shout out to Lawrence fishburne real quick he's just such to me personally i feel like he does not get enough love as an actor like everyone knows him for Morpheus and shit from in yeah. Matrix, but like, fuck, we watched him in Event Horizon, doing his fucking thing. He's in this, like he's in he's in so much shit, but it's just like he's good. He's just a good actor. Yeah, he is,
0: yeah. Honestly, like whenever I see him in a movie, I'm like, oh, all right, it's gonna be high budget,
1: right? Like oh, this is gonna be good.
0: Like- yeah, exactly.
1: Knowing when, uh, when the word goes out, there will be a run, to, run on the banks, gas stations, grocery stores, etc. Ellis knows that people will panic and the virus will be the least of their worries, it tipping over. Lyle tells him that they need to make sure that nobody knows until everyone else knows. Cut to Allen sharing that he's running 101 temperature to a webcam, claiming that it is higher than it was earlier, his head hurting and throat feeling like it's closing. He shows a vial of forsythia, sharing that he's been taking it since the onset of symptoms, pouring it into a drink, chugging it, claiming that he's uh, here tomorrow, um, then they'll know it works. He logs out. Ellis watching his video. Um, Ellis ellis's fiance uh aubrey who i legit thought was his daughter in the beginning i thought aubrey was his daughter for a second there
0: i thought the exact same thing
1: completely caught me with it
0: i'm like yo come on what's this casting
1: (laughs) (laughs) for real um Aubrey asks, uh, 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 asks him over the phone how many people are going to die. He shares a statistic from the 1918 Spanish flu that 1% of the population died from it, it being novel, and no one uh, has ever seen it before. She questions if the percentage was from America. He corrects her that it was 1% of the world. Possibly 70 million people or more could die. She asks him what to do. Um, he doesn't know, but they'll try to figure something out that being the reason why he sent Aaron to Minnesota and now he can't get her back sharing that she's sick and he can't do anything for her uh, since there's no nurses she asks why he shares that they're on strike she doesn't understand how they can do that but there's nothing they can do just putting healthy people next to sick people i mean fair shit right like th- this yeah. all is god this all is just, just reminiscent i know mm-hmm. I, I know i keep saying it but goddamn it's crazy um it, uh by the way everybody this episode is not going to have a post show uh, just because we are probably going to hit the 2 hour threshold on this episode uh so just a little heads up um hoping that the that the healthy people don't get sick calling it ridiculous she apologizes telling him that it is isn't his fault he takes the blame um since he uh sent her up there she goes over to the, to over the statistic of being um a half glass full situation. Quote, if one if one of four are dying, that means three out of four are living. End quote. I mean I guess that's one way to look at it, right?
0: It is, you know, because when I first heard the line, I was like, oh, that's a very positive outlook, but then it's like, but there's still a person dying. And that's yeah. just heartbreaking.
1: Right. Claiming that, uh, the odds are in, in her favor, he instructs her to get in her car and drive down to Atlanta right now. He tells her, he tells her again, wanting her to drive her, drive by herself, commanding her to do it now, not to stop and stay, stay away from other people, wanting her to call him. And, uh, when she's on the road, he hangs up the phone. Roger is standing right behind him. Ellis uh, wonders if he heard all of that. Roger uh, tells him that he has people too. They all do. He opens the door to uh, take the rest out of his trash. You know? Yeah. Like, everyone has somebody. And, like, yeah. But,
0: yeah. I mean, I do see, like, if you're in a position where you have that information, and I, I don't blame him for, like, telling his loved one to, like, you know, pack up don't tell anyone and go i don't blame him i i can't blame him either like i but would he did 100% fuck up do by not checking his back right before oh yeah yeah he definitely was was
1: dumb off of that um but i'm not gonna lie i would have been super mad at aubrey <laughs> oh dude <laughs> i would have been Big so fucking move. pissed oh my Big god gummy move i was like girl what are you doing like come on bro she lives there like you don't live there like you, you <laughs> live in Atlanta like she, this person actually lives there like what the fuck like yeah. why, like, come on bro she's already home
0: but you already I- know like she's gonna tell people because you're telling a loved one or friend of course yeah. she got loved people that loved ones that she's
1: gonna tell as well and she look like the type who would use Facebook <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to Aubrey buying a ton of shit from a grocery store looking super suspicious um, when she gets a call from her friend Elizabeth. She asks Aubrey about her flaking out on dinner and if she's feeling okay, claiming that the flu stuff is really spooky, wondering what Ellis says. She spills the beans that that he claims it's serious. Elizabeth doesn't understand. Aubrey tells her um, not to repeat this, um, and she says this in the fucking grocery store. My dude, like
0: (laughs) I know that's another another
1: red flag. Um you know, I um
0: happened to go grocery shopping when uh it was declared as a national emergency. The the and uh in the moment. I in the moment. Like I was leaving as it was declared and I was at I went to Trader Joe's and I've never seen such panic. In such a widespread way. Like people were, it was very much like people were just fucking throwing whatever they could in their cart. The shelves were empty. The lines were like going through the aisles. It was insane. And this was was before mass. Yes. Before mass. Wow. I remember thinking like, I'm just trying to get my
1: groceries. (laughs) Like what's going on? I'm just trying to get my brioche bread. This person just snatched it <laughs> out of my hands. Like, damn. Yeah.
0: It was so that was the moment when I was like This is oh, serious. this is serious. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, like I I remember when and now this is this episode honestly has just turned into like a COVID like discussion, but like <laughs> I remember when it when cases started happening in other countries and we because we would do onboarding Um and at, and we would onboard hundreds of people at once. And would, during the bathroom break, uh one of my, my colleagues at the time was just like, I don't understand. When, like people are like washing their hands, like they're fucking doctors and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, it is an epidemic. And this was at the time when it was an epidemic. I was like, it, it is an epidemic right now. Like, I mean, and it's like, no, like I get it, but like, and this is also pre-mask as well. It's like, but like relax. And literally two weeks later was when we get the call. And I I'm actually, when I get the, the call, I'm getting my tire changed. Oh, and yeah. um I see people on the streets like fucking going nuts. Like really? it it it, it genuinely, I was just like, the world legitimately lo- looks like it's ending right now yeah, and like right? all i all i could think was like fuck i just need to get home like i i need to yeah. get home like i i don't feel safe out here right now and it was very disorienting because
0: it was new year's 2020 um bella and i um did a a little one month resolution where we were like let's try to be off social media Right? From yeah. uh, January 1st to February 1st. And um, when we came back in February, everyone was talking about coronavirus, but they were just memeing hardcore. Yeah, it was it a was joke. All memes. Yeah. Um, and that's when I was like really confused. I'm like, it was all over Instagram. And I was like, <laughs> what did I miss, dude? And it's yeah. crazy because even today, like I've been off social media almost since. A year, right? And I almost feel like two.
1: What was that? You you've been off social media for almost like two years.
0: Yeah, dude, and it's tough because like I, like you don't really realize like uh, how much information we get from social media. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) man. I'm so out of touch with current events and like, just like that's like a source of news now, and it's 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 tough to get news elsewhere. Um, But um, so that was the case, right? And I remember finally figuring out what coronavirus was and hearing it being in other countries and then I remember shortly after we got work and we got news that it was in the US and it was like maybe one or maybe it was like three patients in a hospital had it and they were contained and I was like damn that's crazy that I got to the US I was like I don't think it's gonna get over here though like really what are the chances and then yeah. everything happened
1: it's fucking nuts
0: yeah.
1: U.S. guards are driving on the other side of the freeway while uh, Aubrey leaves out of the city. Day 18. A pharmacist is counting a line full of people for uh, for Scythia. A man calls behind, a, um, behind uh, Lorraine, actually. She tells him to cover his mouth as he tells her to fuck off. <laughs> There's the F-bomb in a PG-13 movie. Um, the pharmacist tells everyone that they only have... 50 doses allotted the crowd shouts and starts pushing and ramming people breaking the glass with the chair and rushing over the counters alan watches from the window as mitch drives down the road he notices that the whole town is completely destroyed from looters him and his daughter head to a grocery store a looters taking things out of this out of the store Jory wondering if anyone is working there as like seriously Jory. Come on, um, <laughs> like I know you're a kid and all, but what the fuck? What kind of question was that? Uh, um, working there as they move down the aisle, he tells her to just grab her cereal as as he runs into a woman coughing on him. He hates this lady, bro. He he shouts for his daughter not to touch anything. The woman grabs his arm, asking for him to help her. Like, bro, that <laughs> could that could have been doing? a quick jab in the face, bro, in the throat. Like, pow, <laughs> the, uh, he snatches away and proceeds to touch his daughter as they leave. And that's the thing. Like, he touches his daughter. Like, that could have been the moment she got sick.
0: Yeah. So I hate, I hate this character and how he is, because I think it, it sends a really bad message. And I, I get it. it's 2011, but he's like, I'm immune. I'm not going to wear a mask. But like, bro, you could be in, uh, asymptomatic. He could, could still spread it. still like, spread the I mean, shit it's it's in this movie's world and this story who knows maybe that means he can't spread it but i think it just it sends such a bad message in my
1: opinion but yeah who who knows (laughs) Instructing her to take her gloves off so uh, he could put a hand sanitizer on, looters are breaking into banks and food trucks as they rush back to his rush back to his car, yelling at someone trying to steal his gas from his car. <laughs> what the fuck? They continue driving. Mitch gets out of his car, instructing Jory to lock the door. He. Uh, he approaches the guard as he in, as he instructs Mitch to get back t- into his car. Mitch shares that he's immune and that his daughter is not sick. They are just trying to leave Wisconsin. The soldier tells him that the border is sealed and the governor um, has declared a quarantine. Why did he have to get out of his car for this? Why didn't he just like pull up? His car was next. Anyway. You know why. But uh I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this moment, dude, it's so... Ugh, aggravating but it's like what did you think you think that guy's gonna be like oh okay you're immune come <laughs> Go for through. you come on yeah. in. <laughs> like come on man yeah
1: no big deal. He instructs Mitch to get back into his car. Mitch continues arguing that they aren't sick and that they need to go, uh, go across he yells, he yells for him to get back into his car or he will be detained. Mitch yells, where as the row of cars honk at him, <laughs> he goes back inside his car telling his daughter, they have to go back home. Meanwhile, in San Francisco, Alan decked, um, decked out in a protective suit is placing flyers on, on cars about how the CDC lies and, and, uh, the cure for mev1 is for Scythia. i feel like this is the first time we saw the name of the virus yeah um, it kind of like just gradually gets introduced right he hears lorraine coughing on his doorsteps um he asks her what she uh what she's doing there and you know how i know like this is fake and phony this dude lives in fucking pack heights and he's a freelancer yeah I know right I'm Adults like bro mind. yeah no fucking way you're living in Pacific <laughs> Heights as a freelancer my guy uh, get the fuck out of here even before the tech boom like <laughs> like yeah, you're no not way. living in Pacific Heights as a freelancer no way Um she shares that that uh, they she she shares that she thinks that she had a seizure and can't find um medicine in the stores he yells that he doesn't have any uh, any there because uh People broke in. She tells him that she that she's pregnant, trying to offer him money for it. And he's like, like yo, I I told you I don't got any. <laughs> like, like I'll gladly take your money for it, but I don't got any right now. <laughs> she sobs as she tries to walk down the. um Oh wait, I skipped the part. He reasons that he will bring it to her when he gets it, and for her to go home. She sobs as she tries to walk down the hill. Cut to Aaron on the um and. Excuse me. Cut to Aaron on a cot, a man shivering asking uh if he can get another blanket. The nun apologizes, sharing that she um that they're all out of blankets, hoping that there'd be more donated soon. He asks about the heat to be turned up. Um Aaron weakly offers him a offers him her jacket even though she just like just drops it on the floor. Quick cut to her dead body in a body bag inside of a hole in the ground. Dave standing over her with flowers. Wow. Dave is
0: an odd character
1: to me. he he is he's so he's out of place here
0: sensitive and even i don't know it it almost felt like he was completely detached right yeah, yeah. and i think that is just more of a, a, a reflection of like those that have to be in these roles right the ones Definitely. that have to take the bodies and so on and that's that's
1: crazy to think about it really is He walks out of the... Uh, he walks out of the hole as more bodies get piled in, asking when did they um, run out of body bags. The man answering two days ago, and the, and they're trying to get more from Canada, but the, uh, they want to wait and see. Ellis pulls up to the CDC to an angry mob shouting and pounding on his windows. Gupta is speaking with Ellis for a TV interview. interview. Gupta bringing up stories of the internet about a, a certain drug to be effective against MEV1. But Homeland Security is telling the CDC to not make any any announcements until stockpiles of the drug can be secured. Ellis shares that several are continued to be tested. Uh, Ribavirin, um, or ribavir whatever science word, um, uh, being among them. But right now, the best of defense is to social distance, which I one hundred percent have not heard social distance until this movie, and. It was such a like quick word social distance and now yeah. it's just like it's it's totally like a part of our vocabulary. Yeah. No handshaking, staying home when you're sick, washing your hands frequently, things that should just kind of be obvious. Um Gupta asked for the, the numbers of how many people died from the virus. Ellis finds this to be diff- a difficult question to answer, and they are still working on finding the, that number. Sharing that 50 states with different health departments that are following different protocols are making their are making their gathering hard. Alan sits down for, uh, from a studio in San Francisco, Gupta bringing up into the conversation. Bringing him into the conversation, asking Alan why he tweeted that the truth is of the virus is being kept from the world, allowing friends um, from the current administration to benefit from it, both financially and physically. Alan explains that they are. Uh, therapies um, that they know are effective, like uh, forsythia, and they don't appear on the CDC website. Gupta asks about his message on his blog referring to the pharmaceuticals and uh, WHO are in bed together. Alan claims they are working hand-in-hand, taking their money. Ellis cuts him off. That the CDC is exploring for Scythia and other homeopathic treatments, but right now there is so uh, there is no science to back any of these claims. Alan, Alan, and Ellis argue back and forth about either being for the people or not. Alan shouting that Ellis is being disingenuous when he says every uh, American citizen. Ellis continuing that they are working very hard to treat it, but don't have enough information yet. Sharing uh, that they. Uh, Sharing what they do know, in order to become sick, you have to come in contact with a sick person or something that they've touched. Firing back at Alan, in order to get scared, you just have to follow a rumor, the television, or the internet. Thinking Thinking that what Alan is spreading is far more dangerous than the disease itself. Alan calls him funny, sharing information attributed to Al- Ellis on Facebook from Elizabeth Nygard about the quarantine in Chicago, hours before it was announced to the public, that being the reason why he believes he's being disingenuous. Gupta calls the allegations wild, asking what Ellis uh, can tell tell them about what communication appeared and when, adding what his relationship is to Elizabeth. I'd be like, I don't know her. The fuck? <laughs> no, no, Elizabeth. Shit. Ellis shares that he's not aware of this. Alan, sh- um, sh- Alan, shouting, um, that uh, it is there, demanding Ellis to educate the true meaning of the r not" of two. Ellis is silent. Alan's still on the floor, quote on day one, there were two people with it and then there were four, then 16, next it'll be 256 and then it's 65,000 and it's behind you and above you and all around you, in 30 steps it's a billion sick in three months end quote, that being um, where they're headed, arguing that Ellis knows this and being the reason why he won't share the numbers of the dead, but he will tell his friends when to get out of Chicago before anyone else has a chance to (sighs) Goddamn. Lyle sits down with Ellis commenting that they're um, looking for a scapegoat, and Alan made it easy. Dennis comes into the room, sharing that there will be an an investigation, adding that they don't want to see him in front of a camera anymore. Day 21. David is in the lab, checking on an email from the updated uh, more science shit. (laughs) But wait, hold on. Let's unpackage some of this shit really quick that this whole interview section just had, because goddamn wow like this was interesting the fact that like we had these two people come on uh, to kind of pretty much argue with each other and downplay and upplay like it was fascinating more on the fact that like how did they think of this yeah like how did they think of this And, and like I, I just don't understand like how someone thought all of this through, and then this really happened,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, again, it comes down to just really humanity must be so predictable, right, and seeing human behavior and just knowing that there's there's always gonna be people like that, right? because like when we when we saw how people reacted and um you know there's some that reacted in a an uneducational manner um, we see it as like a result of like this moment that we're living in but no this is just human behavior and it's always been around and probably always will be and that's so disheartening <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like no fucking faith in humanity. <laughs> he's shocked. Asking where something came from. Ali comes into um Ellis's office, exclaiming that he's mutated and moved to an um African HIV/AIDS population. Uh, the uh Durban cl- cluster being highly divergent, and they have a new R naught, It's no it, um it no longer being two. One of the animal tests uh, subject. One of the animal test subjects for the vaccine has died <clears throat> excuse me David and Allie place the monkey in a containment bag um, or a contamination bag. Ellis reminds her that or reminds her what she said about growing the virus and being able to vaccinate it. She explains that they tried using dead virus uh, viruses combined with with some other sciencey shit to boost immune responses, but no protective antibodies in um a lot of dead monkeys. Yeah, that made me feel sad. <laughs> yeah, man, me too. Because I I started thinking like, oh
0: no, is this really how we got our vaccine? That's so heartbreaking.
1: I'm sure, like I'm I'm sure like it was tested on animals beforehand, right? oh, uh, yeah. He asks about the good news. She shares that uh, that they have to try to live and they have to try a live attenuated virus like polio. The only danger being that the live virus will revert to to a wild type and kill the host. He asks what? uh, He asks when will they know about that? She responds that she'll ask the monkeys once again. Made me sad. (laughs) Ellis speaks with the officials about the mortality rate fluctuating between 25% and 30% depending upon underlying medical conditions and other factors they're predicting an R-naught of of no less than four with the new mutation. Without a vaccine, he is approximating one in twelve people will contract the disease. Montage to empty streets, buildings, profit or profit posters uh, of Allen memorials of people that died. Alan goes to Lorraine's um, home, noticing that she's passed away with her memorial set up on the steps. He walks up to the uh, he walks up the hill past the cleanup of bodies from people in hazmat suits. Day twenty six, guards are handing out meal ready kits in li- in the line of. People. One of the guards shares the shitty news that they are running out of out of meal kits. Some people start pushing and stealing other people's kits. Mitch um, helping a woman who's being attacked. They all rush to a truck with nothing inside of it as he yells that there's nothing inside. Back at home with Jury um they're watching the news about the death toll reaching 2.5 million and the president releasing a statement from an undisclosed location implement- implementing man- mandatory curfews in major metro areas after the second day of riots this is fucking insane like this is crazy and i'm glad we didn't c- come completely to this but like we were pretty fucking close like we were very
0: close man
1: we were really close like we were extremely close to coming to something quite like this because we remember, there was a time that we could not buy toilet paper yeah i remember <laughs> we could not literally buy toilet paper i was freaking out man like i i had to go to a hardware store to get sandpaper like toilet paper from my ass oh, cheeks.
0: They're gonna say sandpaper. I was like, "What is wrong with you, dude?"
1: <laughs> last resort. <laughs> You're like, just uh. shower. <laughs> but no, like it, it's it, it. It was crazy. Like that. This this was the scariest part in this movie. Were the riots because like this felt it was. really it was close to home. Very, very scary. Um, this was scary as fuck. But this next uh, part scared yeah. the shit out of me. Yeah, Jory falls me as- falls asleep with headphones on. Mitch takes them off of her. He overhears gunshots from next door. He looks out of the window, seeing the flashes ring out from his neighbor's house. He tries to call the police, watching the, watching two people with a gun fleeing the home. No answer from the, from the police, just a list of suggestions. Day 29, Mitch heads over to his neighbor's house, police cars flying down the street. He knocks on their door, no answer, going around back, calling for his neighbor Mark. He breaks the window, um, he breaks the window on the door and heads inside, raiding his house for foods for food and guns heading back at to his to his home placing the gun by the door he calls for his daughter she doesn't answer he searches around for her all over the house but she um but can't find her um but he notices her footprints and on the snow jory is doing snow angels with andrew she complains that she can't uh, feel her hands he gets on top of her taking taking off his mask claiming to be fine and that he and that they can't give it to each other since neither of them have it. She turns her head, <laughs> yeah. moving her mask down, but um and they are about to kiss, but Mitch cocks cock blocks and throws him off his daughter. <laughs> oh man. Bro. I legit thought he was gonna like hit him in the face with a shotgun when I first watched this. Oh
0: damn. No, I wasn't expecting that.
1: I mean um, he looked like he was mad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah he does but he seemed like he was a really understanding parent throughout all of this um
1: yeah i mean he threw his daughter man. a prom that's awesome yeah
0: but this kid man this boyfriend it's like what are you what are you
1: doing kid like, bro so he, like that up all horrible horny as yeah fuck. I was like that like it would have been me like <laughs> like he's like legit like one one track by like yo we don't got the virus boo so what's we'll good with you like <laughs> yeah
0: but, but at the same time I'd die for you
1: <laughs> yeah, for real like <laughs> oh my god yelling for him to get away telling him to go home he commands her to get up taking uh taking her back home cut to Allie speaking with Ellis on the phone he, he wonders if they are close to a breakthrough she suggests if they if they were they still need to do human trials the clearance and approval then the distribution and lastly Training survivors to uh, give um, incalation incalation oh my gosh whatever um, all of that all of that taking months he shares that Homeland Security wants to know if they uh, can put a vaccination in the water supply like fluoride F- fuck like yeah that was like a big red flag for me <laughs> yeah same. I mean but that is what they did there is fluoride in our water supply so, like, yeah, that's that's a thing. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> um, she tells him she tells him that she's going home now, wishing him a Merry Christmas. Ali is back on, inside the lab, pleased with her vaccination test subject number fifty-seven, because uh, he's like staring at her and just like get that monkey out of there, fuck. <laughs> Opening the vial um, and trying the vaccine on herself before uh, driving to a hospital, waking and in, w- walking inside the facility. Pass all the sickly people into a room where where um her dad is coughing and wheezing. She closes the curtain, stroking her dad's face before taking off her glasses and mask. He asks what she's what, what she's doing. She tells him that it's okay. She asks uh, asks him if he remembers Doctor Barry Marshall, who taught the bacteria um who thought that the bacteria caused ulcers, not stress, giving herself the bug and curing himself uh, or giving himself the bug and curing himself. She shares that she's testing her vaccine. Like it's going to work that fast.
0: Yeah. I, th- I thought the same thing, but like God damn, come morning. on now
1: like that was naive ass um, yeah. He coughs commenting that this is different and he doesn't want, uh, want her to want her to get sick, not wanting to take a chance. She smiles that he's he's there um, because he stayed practice he stayed practicing and treating sick people sick people after everyone else went home and he took the he took that chance he begins to cry stroking her face that Barry Marshall won a Nobel Prize they share a laugh as she kisses his forehead a newscaster reports um, that the FDA is accelerating the approval of the MF, M E V one vaccine currently in production in five locations hoping the first dose will be ready for humans. Humans to use in 90 days. The WHO estimates that it could take um, over a year to manufacture and distribute the necessary amount of vaccine to stop, um, stop the spread of the virus, which is so far has taken over 26 million lives worldwide. Questioning on who gets the vaccine first. Day 131 aubrey is in a corner of her house crying as a mass thieves ransack her house one of them coming up to her asking where the vaccine is she cries that she doesn't have it the man calling bullshit since ellis works there knowing that he gets it first while attacking her now this is something that i did find super interesting how people were going fucking ballistic for this vaccine and like i felt like I've would have assumed it would have been the opposite. People would have been more hesitant of this vaccine, but like,
0: no, Yeah, it's interesting. I guess that's the one thing that this movie didn't really predict. I mean, it was there um, versus like, you know, our one blogger having the power to tell tell 12 million people not to take the vaccine. But yeah, it's very interesting because like, we lived in a in a reality where people were hesitant, like you said. But I wouldn't put it past humanity to to assume that this this married couple has the vaccine just in their just house, in their house, their, yeah, like, yeah, like, like how <laughs> foolish, <just laughs> yeah. how foolish can you be?
1: Ellis shoots I guess hope. That's
0: desperation.
1: I mean, yeah, no, it, it for sure is desperation at this point, right? I mean, one hundred and thirty-one days. Like, at this point, you're just like, fuck, man. Like, hey, it's man, almost a year. Done, we've done over 600, so. I mean, that's true. That is true. Ellis shoots home, calling for his fiance. Running inside the house, she calls to him upstairs in, in their bedroom, sharing that they knew uh, knew him and where he worked, waiting until he left. He helps her up, asking if they touched her or looked sick. She claims that they had masks and gloves on. He exclaims that th- that they are getting the vaccine tomorrow. Excuse me, um, she reiterates that they didn't touch her and she has and he has to trust her. Alan I was like, really? <laughs> you asking for trust now when you told people to evacuate Chicago? <laughs> yeah, nah. Um, that would have been a quick way for us to be like, all right, we need to talk about our relationship. <laughs> Alan is uh, speaking with the hedge fund agent at Golden Gate Park, sharing that um, after the Spanish flu in 1918, people got rich. The Vicks VapoRub people, Lysol people, telling um, telling him to look it up. One, one man dying while another makes money off their death, arguing that he's not the first person to make money off the fact that their immune system is a work in progress. The agent rebuttals that nobody Is immune to opportunity, but the study shows that there's no proof that that Forsythia works. Alan asks who conducted the studies. The agent wonders if he knew about the studies the the last time they spoke, adding that they uh, can get into a lot of trouble. Alan continues arguing that uh, that um, Ali isn't Jesus in a lab coat, conspiring that the government rushed the trials, not knowing the side effects of the vaccine, comparing it to the swine flu vaccine killing people back in 1976 yelling that they're all guinea pigs and they still and they will uh, start listing side effects 10 years later the agent shares the um shares that people trust him and if he tells them not to take it he agrees people do trust them trust him all 12 million unique uh, visitors claiming that he's a trusted man stepping on a micro stepping up to a microphone to a very large crowd that it that uh that being his brand wanting to be in the best position possible wanting to know what's inside the vaccine he notices a man digging in the trash asking if he's with him or if he's wearing a wire alan checks his jacket running off to running off as the agent says that he didn't have a choice since they uh, since they saw his blog a bunch of homeland security chase him down stopping him and handcuffing him he asks, uh he asks him for he asks them for what? Dennis sharing security, securities fraud, conspiracy, and most likely manslaughter. Allen claims that uh, for Cynthia cured him, yelling that he can't that he can't take his blood, that being his property. Day one hundred and thirty-three, Lyle shares the news about the vaccine and begins the drawing for uh, for the folks that will receive the first vaccination. I am so happy we didn't do it this way. <laughs> yeah, because goddamn that that's that looked horrible literally really, just really choosing the, the people's birthdays oh my you god
0: know, what's insane is the first birthday that was chosen was March 10th, 10th and we are recording this on March 10th
1: yes yes i i noticed that as well when i was yeah. just like i was like okay that's eerie but yeah, um very much so <laughs> what makes it even more eerie is that we first went in lockdown only three days before March 10th. fucking nuts man ellis uh, this movie legit was the future ellis watches from above going back from uh, back down the hall noticing Ali um in in her office he asks if she should be downstairs but she's tracking vaccine batch numbers he asks if um if that is what she should be doing but it's what she wants to do let her do what she wants dude fuck off he wants her to um he wants her to be to appreciate the hard work that she's done um but she doesn't believe that that it is that hard to give yourself an injection asking um about aaron her father or him questioning that questioning to take a bow while he gets hauled by congress wondering what to say when they ask about that he leans in that he um that he told a loved one who told a loved one that he, and that he'd do it again he reminds her that he's, that she saved millions of lives, considering that a great and, intru- that a great and true story. Mitch watches the vaccine drawings with his daughter. He's trying to be optimistic. His daughter asking if they run out. Or what if they run out? He doesn't believe they will, reminding her that they have a, enough to keep up with demand. She considers that, um, that she might be immune like him and might not need it. He doesn't want to take that chance. She continues questioning the days, um, uh, the days that she would miss joy uh, jory runs to her room slamming her door as her dad tries to assure her that uh, everything is going to go back to normal soon andrew shares that she that he's that he's three um and she tells him that she's uh 144 days away from her vaccine that fucking sucks Cut back to the village that lenora is held hostage in who i completely forgot about like yeah, it it they design
0: this to be forgettable. Seen as a way of like oh, remember her?
1: Yeah, exactly. She asks one of the children that she's teaching about um how to say a word in Chinese. Son comes up to her, telling her um that they have to leave because he just landed. She tells the students um to keep drawing. And son will come back and finish the class, rubbing one of the kids' faces, at, and that she'll see them soon. They are uh, driving to a destination. Son, son, going over to going over the instructions to someone on the phone of what they of what they want, or they'll never see uh, Leonora again. They hand her the phone. She tells him that that she's fine and give them what he asked for because she just wants to go home. Son uh, takes back the phone, willing to give her co- uh, coordinates once they ha- have the vaccine. They need to meet up. Uh, th- They make, they make it to the meetup spot coming out of their van. Son asking if the doses are French or American. The bargainer sharing that they didn't have enough and, um, to make, make some there, claiming that, uh, claiming that. uh, it is the same formula Damien opens the trunk promising him that it's effective son takes out the takes out the steel briefcase and goes to the back of the van the man asking where leonora is as they hold him at gunpoint she opens the brief or son opens the briefcase checking the vac- vaccines um but he doesn't know what it what it is he has her take uh, take a dose first through her nose she nods her head um she calls them she calls them off and they start to leave, uh, or he calls them off and they start to leave, Damien shouting that, th- that this isn't part of the agreement. They drive away with Leonora left on the side of the road. He checks he checks on her and she claims to be fine. Cut to them waiting at the airport, Damien handing her a silver package. He shares that, that it is her vaccine It is her vaccine, and that the one that she took was a placebo. She's surprised. He he explains that the Chinese officials insisted because of all the kidnappings, and uh, they don't uh, negotiate with kidnappers. She grabs her bags, running running to leave out of the airport to make it back to the village. This was so fucking dumb to me. Like, you think so? Yeah, I did not like this scene Uh, mainly because like, did you not like it? it, It's just it's such a plot hole because it's just like okay, but but then what? When she goes back to the village, like then what? Like you just say yeah. like like, hey, don't take that It's placebo.
0: Like Well, I think it's um the way I grasp it is that like it seems like they were isolating in the village for a while, right? And that they have no contact with anyone that wasn't from the village. And right. the fact that they, you know, left to do this exchange, they could be carriers now and they're going back to the village. Uh, okay, so but I think n- she's but- trying to
1: warn them. But think about this. What about her? She went to a whole fucking ass airport. Airport. And then, yeah, it's a really good point. (laughs) Like, you know, so I, I don't know. Super interesting. A Good point. Mitch gets, uh, gets wristbands. Um, uh, Mitch gets his wristband scanned to go inside of a mall. He goes into a department store. Meanwhile, Alan is wiping off his, his fingerprints, uh, or his, fingerprints from getting taken, Dennis exposes him knowing that, th- that he never had the virus and that he lied knowing that the forsythia is also a lie. And he made over $4 million talking about it. He continues telling Alan that he's going, he's going to go away for a long time. And so is his money. Alan, um, Alan knows what to tell people not to, uh, Alan knows what to tell people and it's not to get the vaccine. Other, other, Another man comes into a into a room whispering in Dennis's ear. Alan smiles, asking if he can if he can go now. Dennis sarcastically congratulates him on making Bell because twelve million other people are just as crazy as he is. Fuck. That's absolutely insane. Lyle opens up a container of vaccines for Ellis and Aubrey. He tells Ellis to congratulate Aubrey for him, wanting to shake his hand but not wanting to set a bad example. Ellis shares that they are going to have a, a real wedding ceremony inviting Lyle. He knows that Aubrey wants to take the vaccine together, denying taking his there. Lyle mentions that they scheduled the hearing and they both have uh to testify. Ellis opens up the um opens up the case and takes out the vaccine, giving it to Roger's son. He tells Roger that he uh, can't give him a bracelet, but he'll uh know um that he'll be safe. Roger's uh, Roger's son shakes his head. Uh, shakes his hand, giving him a brief history about handshakes. Okay, um, he shakes mm-hmm. Rogers' hand and heads back to his car, putting on his bracelet. This was a big surprise to me, and it was very heartwarming. Yes, it really I was very curve, very yeah. happy that he did this for him. Um, it was cool. It was it was a, a it was. nice way to say sorry. Uh, yeah, it was like it was my bad, cool. bro. Let's get your son vaccinated. Like <laughs> first, yeah. And, uh, it- yeah, it's just wow. Yeah, very heartwarming. It is. Ellis is back at home. Aubrey wondering if he'll get in trouble um, for doing this. Probably. Um, he tells her to be quiet so um he can give her uh, the vaccine. But she doesn't want want him to get in trouble with any of this. She sniffs the vaccine and he uh puts puts on her bracelet, repeating that she told him quote taking care of everyone in our lifeboat end quote cut to allen walking walking by city hall uh recording everyone um waiting in line for a vaccination at the bill graham theater also eerie as fuck because we totally did this we gave vaccinations at the uh muscone center which is even larger than the bill graham it's fucking insane um Alan, that's where I got mine though. Um Ali and David are suited up as they head into the lab. Um and then Candlestick Park shows. More people getting the vaccine as Alan interviews them. Uh fun fact, everybody, I used to live by there. I literally lived right in front of that uh football stadium that is no longer there. But it's hey so sad to me that it's not there anymore. Dude, good riddance, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. it was it was different when you live there because like I bet, I bet it was game days you couldn't leave like like if you <laughs> left it was a done deal like you're you're not getting home for like hours oh uh, man but like you're right i would hate that yeah it was horrible i would used to hate having work on game days because like i would be like well fuck like i literally have to stay at work three to four hours longer just so i am not sitting in traffic horrible 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 time horrible time the only cool part is that uh the city did allow us to um use our homes as uh parking parking spots and we got paid for them oh wow Uh, mm -hmm, pretty cool um Ali, at Kendall's Park, more people are getting the vaccine as Alan interviews them. Ali and David add the vaccine to their uh cryogenic chamber, allowing it to sleep the sweetest of dreams. Jory opens up uh, a gift from her dad, telling her, um, telling her to be ready at eight. She opens the gift and it is a dress that she's stoked about. Um, and Mitch finds his wife's camera uh, that she took to her in Hong Kong, took with her in Hong Kong. He starts going through the pictures at first room and reminiscent to a happy uh, to a happiness which then turns into um grief this was so fucking sad oh my god jory comes Oh. Jory comes down uh, the stairs with her dress on and off at the prom night setup. She puts on some music, then uh, the doorbell rings smiling. She um, goes to answer it and um, as Andrew is standing outside smiling, showing off his wristband, um, he's like, I stole this off this kid. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Jory calls out to him asking if he's coming. Um, and he answers that he's just... Um, Looking for the camera. Oh wait, she lets him inside while Mitch is upstairs, uh, finally able to mourn his wife. Jory calls out to him, asking if he's coming. He answers that he's looking for her for the camera. He finishes his sobs while Jory and Andrew are dancing at uh, dancing the night away. Mitch makes it downstairs, smiling at his daughter's happiness. Cut to AI um, AIMM um, Alderson bulldozer knocking down a palm tree that had bats in it. A bat landing on a banana tree, flying into a pig farm, and dropping a piece of banana inside. A pig then eating said banana. That pig then is sold. A chef prepping that pig, being called out to meet with Beth. He wipes his hands on his apron, going out and touching Beth's hands to take a picture. Then, day one appears on the screen. Then, credits. Wow,
0: that was so satisfying to. It was so satisfying be able to see how it started because Seriously. people want to know that. And um you know, I also think it's a commentary that, like, you know, we're not very sanitary. As no, the human race. Yeah, no. it's gross, and it's we gross. could be so much better at it, but people just don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, bro, you were just dealing with a whole ass dead pig and you just yeah. go wipe your hands on your apron. Exactly. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, you you disgusting, man. Anyway, I got some very quick movie facts for us here because we tired. We're going to go to bed soon. Uh, we'll be back. <laughs> most of the main cast took a very little pay to be in the movie. Gwyneth Paltrow worked basically for free and shot her scenes in Whoa. less than three days. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Kate Winslet filmed her role in 10 days.
0: And I'm really fascinated to hear that.
1: This is the first film that Gwyneth Paltrow, Matt Damon, and Jude Law have worked on together since the talented Mr. Ripley in 1999. However, Law doesn't have any s- scenes with either. And although Damon's and Paltrow's characters are husband and wife, they are shared the screen for only one minute. Yeah, in the kitchen. Pretty great, pretty great. Um, let's do just one more here. Uh, fears of COVID-19 virus that began overwhelming the world in March 2020 have prompted movie fans to re-examine this movie. According to Warner Brothers, the film was listed at the the 270th position among its catalog titles at the end of December 2019. Since the beginning of 2020, the film has jumped to second place, bested only by the Harry Potter movies. That's fascinating. Yeah. Fucking crazy as shit but goddamn, let us know what you think about contagion over on twitter at Nightlight_Pod. underscore pod that's night with a k we definitely want to keep this conversation going you can also hit us up on our discord server because we got that now it's up in the show notes playboy um so definitely hit us up in there as well because we definitely want to keep this conversation going but the next film that we are going to be covering is Ponty pool, which I'm extremely excited about. Super underrated gym, and I really think David's gonna like this. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, 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 But this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, a long time. We had David Hey, Spoopy, everyone tired, spoopy boys, also known as Nightly. Our efforts to get the show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's signed with a what? Okay. By pledging on Patreon, you're back to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with the post show, except for this episode because it's two and a half hours. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember everybody, don't forget your nightlife.